Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. Yeah. Dr. Dre is in full effect, and I gotta tell y'all a little something. Easy E is down with us. MC Ring, you know he's down with us. DJ Yella is down with us. Arabian Prince, you know he's down with us. Tony A. The Wizard is down with us. JJ Fag is down with us. Timmy T, you know he's down with us. DJ Pooh Boy is down with us. Toddy P and Spade, they're down with us. My boy Ice Cube, you know he's down with us. I like to mention, so pay attention to where I'm from. Compton, but the tapes are from the rhodium. My name is Dre, listen while I play. And by the way, I'm also down with NWA. Yo, Steve at the rhodium is down with us. Slanging funky tapes, it is a must. We're number one. Yo, welcome back everybody to Rodian Radio episode 30. I can't believe that it's actually already 30 episodes. I remember we started uh, September 11, 2019. Now we're already at episode 30. Uh, it's only growing. Uh, uh, I got more and more uh, acts booked. I know a lot of people continue to submit their music. Cool. Do me a favor. Once again, do not DM me your music. Do not inbox me your music. Send it all to rodianradio at gmail.com. We created that just for that. Uh, somebody keeps texting me, I mean, uh, messaging me, telling me, have you heard my music? When we hear your music, we, we, we will email you back, okay? Uh, but do not DM me uh, uh, your music. I will leave it on red. I won't listen to it. Email it to me. Other than that, uh, the Rhodium Radio, uh, uh, the Rhodium Mixtape Documixery at Documixery.com. Okay, unlimited streaming for $24.99. You can get that there. Once again, unlimited streaming. Uh, no one has ever complained. Everybody has enjoyed it. Uh, uh, once again, once you buy it, it's unlimited streaming at Documixery.com. I will put it up against any West Coast hip hop documentary. Uh, film uh, Directed by me, filmed by John motherfucking Elkins. Other than that, uh, the four CDs are still available. We're going to be running out soon. But uh, for those who place an order first, will receive theirs first. They've all been mailed out. I've had people tell me, where are my CDs? Where are my CDs? It usually takes seven to ten business days, so give it a, give it a shot, bro. I, I'm covering the shipping, so slow down, pal. So other than that, you can still order them all four for uh, 25 bucks on the website, documixery.com. And uh, I hope everybody enjoyed uh, the Super Bowl because I sure did, especially the halftime. Okay, that was a lot of nalga right there. But other than that, without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce uh, my very first guest, and that's Kaz. How yeah, you doing, my yeah. brother? What's up? What's up, boss? How you, you doing, good? Tony? Yes, I'm good. Uh, first of all, how was the drive over here? Because I know you live where? Oh, man, coming from Highland Park. Highland Park, okay. Yeah. And but how long did it take you to get over here? i say about... About an hour and a half. Good, good old LA traffic, huh? Yeah, yeah but you're gonna be day. moving farther, so you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Other than that, man, uh, did you enjoy the Super Bowl? Actually, I passed out, so I didn't even get to see it. <laughs> you're about the only guy that told me that that passed out. So, any, uh, were you going for anybody specifically? Nah. Who, who's your one. team? Do, do you have a, a, a football I team? I have to run with Green Bay. Okay, I. I I like I like Green Bay. I think they're cool, but I'm a Cowboys fan. So, but other than that, I, I enjoyed the uh, the Super Bowl. But, anyways, uh, I want to get into your music before we get into the actual. Uh, what can we expect? What are you working on? Uh, uh, before you give us any dates, uh, uh, if you're working on individuals or not, I want to. I usually like to start off on pretty much where were you born? Where were you raised? Like, where did you grow up at? 
I was born in Montebello. Okay. And I grew up in the SGV, mm -hmm. uh, city of Monte, Almani. Okay. Yeah, okay. So ran around there, kind of jumped around from there to Alhambra, and then found myself running around the streets of Boyle Heights. Okay. Now, SGV, for people that may not live in California, what is that? San Gabriel Valley. San Gabriel Valley. Okay. See, I knew that, but I have to make it simple for people that may live in New Jersey, Texas, because I got people that listen even from Germany. Yeah. So, and, and they always say, can you have them, you know, say where they live when break they abbreviate it, it? Yeah, break it down, you know, pretty much. And uh, uh, so so you were born and you said in, um, uh, what, what was that city again? The first one you mentioned? Montebello. Montebello. Yep. So did you go to school in Montebello? No. Okay. No, and, I was, well, that's just where I was born at. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah. Okay, and uh, what elementary school did you attend? Uh, I could say, I mean, fuck, I jumped around a lot. Um, I say, I went to Baker. Okay. Wilkerson. Uh, let me see. Granada. Well, see, see, you're luck, one of those lucky kids because I only got to attend one elementary school, and that was <laughs> it. And my ass lived right across the street, and I was still late every single damn day. So... <laughs> That, that, that's mm. just the way I was. Nah, my, I teachers, my teachers always tell me, you used to live across the street? And I'm like, yeah, why are you always late? I don't know. I was watching cartoons. It's like you the know? closer you are, the later you get. Yeah, exactly, bro. Exactly. I, if the bell rang at 8 o'clock, I was ironing my clothes at like 7.58, you know? So uh, uh, what, what junior high school did you attend? Junior high, I went to a school called Granada mm -hmm. in the city of Alhambra. Okay. And high school? High school, I went to South Almani High School and Almani High School and Val Valley Lindo. Okay, so that's three? Three high schools. Well, that, that, now, why the jumping around so much? That's the same thing I want to know. <laughs> Just jumping around from house to house, parents. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Living with family, jumping around, aunts, uncles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow, damn, I wish I could have done that shit. I, I had one big-ass family, and you're going to that school, and that's it. That's that, just the way it was. And that's crazy, because actually I wish I had it the other way around. I wish I was stable, stood in one school. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Maintain. I, I didn't have right. none of that. Now, uh, I, I wish I could have went to different schools, but went to Broad Avenue, Wimsinger High, and Banning, and that was it. You know, all in the same city. So I pretty much grew up with everybody here in the same, That's right. you know, same hood. Uh, did you play any sports in school? Yeah. No, yeah. actually not school. I played baseball, though. Okay. Yeah, just, you know, the little city teams. Okay. Were you any good? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Now, hardball or softball? Hardball. Oh, okay, so it wasn't none of that girly pitching shit. No. Nah. Oh, okay. Not until after. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. On, a, on an adult league, you know, playing under, you know. That'll work. And, and what, now, now let me ask you this, because to me, this is always intriguing to me. What type of music can you say you were raised? Obviously, because you, you moved around from home to home, okay? Aunts and uncles and parents and stuff. Uh, uh, as a kid, what kind of music was usually played around your house? Man. A lot of everything. Okay. I'd be at one side of my family. They wanted me G'd up, gang banged out, bumping oldies, you know, st stuff like that. And then when I went to a another side of my family, they turned around and was bumping K-Rock music. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I say just like hip-hop. That's why I hear like a House of Pain, you okay. know, uh, stuff like that. You okay. know, so I, I got a little bit of everything in between. But no Spanish music? No. Really? No. Oh, okay. You speak Spanish? A uh, little bit. A little bit? Yeah. Like you will order tortillas. Straight up. Okay. 
Yeah, well, you know what? I, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that didn't get taught Spanish. Like for an example, my family, I, my my mother, they were, everyone was born here. Okay. Yeah. See, my both my parents were from Mexico, so we weren't allowed to speak English at home. Right. You know, and uh, funny because my kids, I tried talking to them in Spanish, you know, but they would laugh at me. You know, like what does that mean? What does that mean? Quiero comer, and they were like, blah, 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 blah. you know. <laughs> So I was like, all right, cool, you know. But uh, um, but like at my house, it was English and Spanish music, you know. Right. And I usually like to ask these type of questions because sometimes I wonder that this is what shaped and molded you as an artist, you know. Uh, I had a baby bouncer not too long ago. So I forget his age. So I said, what kind of music did you grow up with at home? And he goes, sugar free. I mean, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I, I forgot yeah. and shit. Uh, growing up, you play any instruments? I didn't. No, no, nothing. Mm -mm. Do you ever want to? I can't say I did. Mm, okay, okay. Now, what about at school? Because I know at school they have like plastics class, they have like woods class, and music class, and nothing. I know they handed me a clarinet, but I never did nothing with it. No shit. Yeah. What about chorus? Were you ever in chorus? No. <laughs> now it's starting to sound like an interrogation, huh? right? Uh, but all good, man. Uh, um, okay, when. Would you say, and at what point did you start listening or hearing rap? Like, what was some of the first early rap songs that you started hearing? I'll tell you exactly my first song I heard. I was in fourth grade, and uh, I uh, worked with some dude that was our neighbor. He shot me 10 bucks. This one cat came in our apartment selling tapes. I didn't even know what I wanted to hear, so I started scuffling through the tapes. I'm looking around, and I pulled out this tape. And there was this dude on top of a, I think it was a Cadillac, right? And I'm reading it, and I said, Born to Mac. And I was right. like, I don't know, but I'm going to buy this shit. So I bought it, and that's it. Closed well, case. Well, now, let me ask you this, because I know who that is, okay? Yeah. But well, what do you think it was about the cover? I, I have a point. That's why yeah. I'm asking. I don't know, man. I just saw everything else wasn't appealing to me. I just seen some, some fool on top of a Cadillac, drop top, sitting in the back. I, maybe the white background, the mm. red lettering, I don't know. Okay. They just, they just, it, I was just, that's the one that got me. I took it in and just, uh, you know, hearing what it, I think I wasn't supposed to hear is what got me. Okay. The reason why I asked that, because back then when record labels would actually sign artists, like, like they would develop artists, like they would actually find their own style, like their niche as far as how to dress, uh, what to wear, if they wanted them to wear hats or their logos, everything. Okay. Right. They were in control of everything. And they always looked for, if you will, eye appealing right, covers. Yeah, yeah. You know, which to me, uh, it's the same thing with music or with album covers. If the song doesn't hit me, like in the first 30 seconds, I skip. Same thing with album covers. There's times where I'll see something and it makes you look twice. Then you're like, what the fuck is this? You know? So that's why I asked. So obviously it was too short, Born the Mac. Yeah. Do you remember, uh, uh, when you first heard it, what you thought? Uh, like, 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 what went through your fucking mind? Like, this shit is hard. This shit is dope. Should I have gotten another record? Or, you know? I couldn't tell you. I'd say it was dope because I really didn't know music at the time to, you know, decide if it was dope or not. But right. I uh, I think I was just thinking, like, oh, shit, this fool said pussy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Or he said just sucking dick. And it was Freaky right. Tales. Right. Right? Freaky Tales, just, he just ran amok on that one. You, so you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was just so you know at that point I was just listening to stuff I knew I shouldn't be hearing. 
I just keep it real low and I'd be bumping it, you know, right, and then right. it just stuck to me. You know, it's funny. Uh, okay. I was in a studio with Jure years ago. This is audio achievements. It's not too far from here. I want to say it was like 1988. And he asked me, he's the one that actually introduced me to the two short music. And uh, he asked me if I liked it. And I thought it was dope. I go, but it's very elementary. Cause I right, told him, right. I thought he was rhyming, not rapping. And he said, what makes you say that? Because he said, I knew this girl named Pam. I ended up fucking her by a garbage can. You know, that's like saying. Red gave me head in the bed. Right. Yeah. You know, and then he said this. It's his voice. It is not what he's saying, but how he's saying it. And to me, that made all the sense. It was real catchy. And it had everybody, beat. Yeah. Had everybody singing along. And then the beat kicks in. You know, back in the day, you had a fucking 15-inch subwoofers. You know, you, yeah. you, you would fucking hear that car fucking booming from around the corner yeah. you get fucking goosebumps just remembering that shit bro but uh but too short was the shit soon after that uh but how old were you you said or what grade uh, i could say i was in fourth grade a fourth I was about grade. fourth grade when i got that and i know you probably had to turn it down because your parents were listening huh yeah moms yeah I yeah know. i was just in the room bumping it and i had to watch keep point for my sister because she used to drop dimes on me all the time yeah yeah how, how many brothers and sisters i just you got have? one older sister just one yeah Oh, That's okay. Do you guys ever fight? Yeah. Yeah, me and my sister used to throw yeah. blows. I have one sister that we literally used to throw blows, and I love her so much now, but <laughs> she would probably still throw blows with me right now. So. Same here. Royals? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, well, see, that's a family right there. Yeah. Uh, um, now, other than that, at that time, did you think, like, okay, I fucking like rap? Did you continue to listen to that music? or? Yeah. Royals? Yeah. Follow through with Too Short. Mm -hmm. that was it for for that time you know right. that's what i caught on to and okay. then what was that other one don't fight the feeling i think right. it was the album too right yeah yeah that one and then just all those type of songs i was just on that right you know it's funny on that one i have a story my boy uh angel uh, uh i don't know if he's even listening there used to be a, a record store called music plus back in the days and uh we went in a suzuki suzuki samurai and he had sounds in there and uh he was looking at that two short album cover that don't fight the feeling one okay i guess he's behind uh or he's in front of a tombstone or some shit yeah. like that and we, he played it and that don't fight the feeling song came on man so memorable fucking you know <laughs> don't yeah. have memories with those uh with those songs man but uh <clears throat> uh uh for me again since i'm older than you it was always rapper's delight that's what i heard and i was think i was like in sixth grade you know and then from there it just uh, uh for me it was a little bit different uh, uh my second rap song that i heard was blondie she did us she rapped on a song called rapture right you know? right yeah and then uh i got introduced to a, a scratching record uh by grandmaster flash called grandmaster flash on the wheels of steel that's what intrigued me and encouraged me to find out what this thing scratching was you know but now at what point would you say you were influenced you were inspired or who did you see uh that caused you to start like writing music oh that wasn't really too later maybe really? in my teen years um, really? let me see i think i had a buddy that in the talent show you know he was a little rapper and he used to like to get up there and rap and everything but really didn't kick in until say maybe about 15 16. okay yeah you were in high school then yeah okay yep. and uh, did, uh all your other buddies rap too no, I had I had one homie that rapped, and he's the one that actually turned me out. And I met him at a at a, a community center dance. Okay. Yeah, I pulled up to this little dance, little uh, little center dance, 
And I just pulled up and I met him next to the DJ and he was trying to get on to rap. And wow. it was funny because we clicked ever since then. And he was one of those guys, he really didn't write stuff down. He would freestyle all the time. Hmm. So, you know, he would do that and have our little squad, you know, turned up and doing this little thing. And uh, I don't know, it just kicked off from there. Uh, did you ever do any freestyling? The messing around, yeah. yeah. Nothing serious. I mean, I don't rap, bro. I've never tried to rap. I met producers that did beats, and after a while, they wanted some of that, some of that shine. So they started rapping. They should have just stayed in their own fucking lane because they ended up sounding goofy as fuck, you know. But uh, I knew that I didn't have that gift, so I stayed in what was my strength, you know, which right, was production, right, yeah. DJing, um, and now I'm a goofy ass podcaster. But, uh, um, <laughs> but you know what? Uh, um, I always wondered what that was like to freestyle because I met guys that were dope at freestyling but couldn't write a song. And then I met guys that could write a song but couldn't fucking freestyle. Then I met guys that can do both. Right, you know? right. And I work, I work with artists that never wrote anything down. They would just listen to my beats and it was so weird. I would see them with their head tilt back and they would just like hum like and I was like, what the fuck are they chewing on or something, you know? <laughs> so uh, they would say, okay, mic me up. And then they would go and start spitting, you know. But later on, one of the guys told me that he had a photographic memory that he would just say the words and he would see them. That's because he was always, always rapping mm. with his eyes closed. So that's a gift right there. Then. Yeah, it's a gift right there. And, 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 and you, so, uh, uh, when you first started, uh, writing, uh, did you write to other people's beats? Uh, um, like how did that work for you that you say, you know, okay, now I need a beat. Did you just rap to other people's instrumentals? Did you know guys that were doing beats? How did that come about? Instrumentals. Okay. Yeah, uh, just rapping to instrumentals. And then I started writing them down. Okay. I took off out of state for a while to mm. Virginia. Okay. And before that, that's when we were just freestyling everything. But I was out there for a while, maybe about a little less than a year. Uh -huh. And I didn't have nothing more to do. And they, I was in a basement out there just bumping instrumentals and i started writing music yeah. made me like a little karaoke demo tape and i was sending them out here to my homies out here right okay yeah it was a while back and then from there it just I started taking it a little more what serious. were you doing in virginia just hanging out that's it yeah got into a little bit of trouble out here so got mm. sent out there to kind of slow my roll right of course you know what I mean? you yeah that. so i was out there for a while and i didn't have nothing else to do so just i was just out there working making some money didn't know didn't have nothing to do with it so i just was do, into music buying music and getting instrumentals oh, and okay. trying to make little you know little tapes out of that how did you like it out there mm, didn't really know it too much really? didn't really get an experience okay you know but uh yeah what, what, what instrumentals would you say you were rapping to you were writing uh, uh one of them was uh ice cube ghetto vet okay another one was uh nas um what's that one song by nas yeah. uh I can't remember his song. Nas is like, okay. I think that's the name of it. Uh, another one was, uh, I think it was a Master P beat. Another one was a, a Rapper Forte beat. You know, actually it was whatever, whatever album I used to, you know, what Music Warehouse was out then. Whatever, whatever album had, whatever single was out that had an instrumental on it, I would grab it. So I'd go out there and just look at singles, instrumentals. I'd take them and if they sounded good, I'd throw some on it. Hmm, because you name Rapid Forte, Master P, Ice Cube, and Nas, and all of those are four different types of, you know, uh, uh, styles of beats, you know, yeah, if yeah. you will. So I'm kind of wondering, like, were you trying to find your sound, if you will? Like, uh, over, over, were you just saying, this is dope, let me just rap to it? Yeah. Or, 
you know I, I don't think i ever tried to say i had a certain sound i just if i heard something i thought i liked and i could spit something to then i would do that when i did that little nas beat i showed it to a, a cat i was working with out there and he was just all super east coast you know and uh, he's like that's not you because he didn't know i did anything like that okay now you're he's saying, like that's not you you say nas not little nas right Nah, Nas, okay. nasty Nas. I'm just making sure because I don't yeah. want to see you wearing that pink outfit someday. <laughs> you know that he wore. What did he wear that shit to the Grammys? Just recently, did you, I don't know if you saw oh, that dude. Nah, I didn't even. I didn't even some see that. Ball. He was wearing some fucking like patent leather fucking cowboy. Some cowboy. Maybe shit. in the bedroom and you know with the lady and shit, but not yeah, out exactly. in public. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, most definitely, man. Well, that's for another show, though. Okay. <laughs> So uh, you caught yourself writing to the, all these instrumentals. You come back home. Um, when and where, if you will, did you start connecting and hooking up with somebody that made beats? Uh, How did that come about? Well, when I was out there in Virginia, okay. um, I was doing, I did that little demo tape, right? And I think I did one, uh, Too Short, The Ghetto too. You know, that one he had, you know, his songs run long. Yeah. Um, and I was at the music warehouse. I think that's what it was out there. And... Uh, I saw a Conejo CD. Oh, all right. So I was like, oh, what? And I'm checking it out. I'm like, damn, this is a homie right here, you know, from Southern Cali. So I bought it and I took it to the pad. And uh, when I made that demo tape, you know, on the back of on the back of these CDs, they would have numbers there, and I would call them, and they would just be voicemails though. And so uh, I bumped I bumped Conejo's album right there. I think it was uh, I think Lost Angels or something like that. I forgot which one it was, but I was bumping his shit. You know, and uh, I was like, I could do that too. You know, so he had a number on the back of his album, and I called it, and somebody actually answered. No shit. Yeah, and it said Cliff Ritchie on it. So I asked for Cliff, and uh, they said he wasn't there, that he'd be back. So I gave him my number, and he said, Yeah, he'll call you back. He'll be back in about 20 minutes. But I didn't wait. So I just waited about 15, and I called back, and he answered, and he thought I was playing with him. So, you know, I said, Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, this is Cliff. I started telling him, you know, I make music, I rap, made a little demo tape to check it out. He's like, send it to me. And I was like, nah, just hear it on the phone real quick. You know, and I had that little setup where I could put the little speaker to the receiver and you could hear it real good on the right. phone. So I, I put it up like that. Right. And he, he actually stood quiet. And when I put it down, he's like, we started chopping it up from there. And next thing I know, he, he flew me back to Cali. Really? Yeah. And I didn't, it ended up being the uh, manager, I believe, for uh, Lighter Shade of Brown when they yeah. first did that. Yeah. It was Cliff Ritchie. Wow. So, yeah, he brought me back down to Cali. And uh, it was kind of a slow process, but he was trying to get me in the studios. And that's where I kind of met a couple of different people that are still in the game today. Okay. I was trying to do something with him, but I was, like I said, I was out there because I was in a little bit of trouble. So, and around what year was this? Uh, if you can remember, give or take. Maybe 99. Okay. 98, 99. Okay. Yeah. You know, that, that was around the time because I was producing a record for Mellow Man Ace between 96 to 98, somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that was the first time I met Cliff Ritchie and he was still doing stuff a lot of Shirley Brown. I have a gross story about Cliff Ritchie, which I won't get into, but that shit is <laughs> fucking sure hilarious, bro. But uh, Cliff Ritchie, you know, it's funny. A lot of people ask me, interview that guy. And you should interview him. Uh, my thing, I always tell people, well, you know what? Have him contact me and I'll do it. He Is knows he who I around? am. I don't know. I don't know. I heard he did jail time. I heard people were after him. So I don't really know. But usually when people tell me, you should get to, well, I'm not going to go look for his ass. Have him contact me and I'll book him and you know we'll chop it up. But uh, so, so how long did that relationship between you and Cliff Richie last? 
say maybe about less than a year. Okay. Did he have producers ready for you? Uh, like, like, nah, like, he what was, was he doing for you? You know what? It was, I wasn't, I should have paid more attention than I did because I was just, you know, running amok. But um, he would take me to places uh, like out to Riverside. We would go to this pad. It was a nice little hookup. But it was someone that was from Lighter Shade of Brown, but that was kind of a, I think he was a DJ or something okay. like that. But he wasn't really like the front on the front line with them like that so he would show me pictures like he was there when they first started off but yeah. then for some reason he fell off so but he was still a producer uh he took me around cats uh this other cat named bandit uh another uh house studio and then he took me to i think it was the black hole okay and uh i remember actually that day that's when uh i walked in there and uh i don't know uh He's a rapper named Top Dog, I think his name is. Mm -hmm. He's that little uh, Snoop Dogg lookalike. Okay. So, yeah, so that whole little crowd was in there. They were doing that too, Gangster for Radio album. So we got some, he got some beats from there too, you know. So, and then I uh, uh, think from ODM as well. He, we went over there to his pad. I think it was out in Riverside as well. But nothing ever, nothing ever got done. Okay. Yeah. Well, well why do you think that was? Because uh, I went away. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well. You want to tell us why you went away? Just trouble. Okay. Being and up it, to no good. You know, it's funny. I was talking, I interviewed Bozo here, and he was like, I just couldn't stay out of trouble. I just felt like. Well, you know, it's that life everyone talks about. You know, we come from a lifestyle. You know what it is. So, you know, we. that's why a lot of times they say, oh, you talk about something else, but that's what we grew up to. Of course. You know what I'm saying? But you try to change it up as you get older. Right. You know what I mean? Try to turn it into something positive from a negative. But at that time, you're, you're rapping all about that negative. Right. You know, and that's what we were into. So, of course, you know yeah. what I mean? And messing with Cliff, that was around that time. So when I came back, you know, I would have him pick me up from some crazy spots. And, you know, he would get upset. Like, dude, why you have me coming over here? And, you know what I'm saying? Just, <laughs> you know, and uh, um, so, but uh, he, I don't think he believed me. But eventually they caught up to me and uh, I ended up doing some time. So I went away for a while. And then after that, 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 that was the end of that situation. Uh, what, what year was that that you got busted, bro? I'd say 2000. 2000 and how long were you away for i came home in 2007 okay that's a nice little stretch right there man right yeah and, and, and were you still riding and there, not really no no what were you doing man just hitting the weights push-ups just trying uh yeah a little yeah. bit of that you know and just trying to maintain in there yeah you know and just trying to just trying to come home that's it yeah man because i'll tell you what nobody wants to be in there bro no nope. nobody wants to be cool no. i mean I, look at i don't sit here and i try to like yeah i went to jail no i went to the fucking county and i was supposed to be in there for like a couple of months but i knew somebody in there that saw me that recognized me showed me love and got me out bro that's right but like got me like less than a week you know yeah but uh um, so i'm thankful for that because i didn't want to be cooped up in that motherfucker mm -mm. The county jail is a piece of shit i know you know but um anyways other than that here's what we're gonna do we're gonna go ahead and take a break we're gonna come back because i know you got more to share okay uh uh we uh before we went live you were telling me about some stories that i'm sure people want to hear and we're gonna touch on some of those stories okay yeah yep. so everybody once again uh call somebody take somebody slap the hell out of somebody let them know that cats is in the building once again the rolling mixtape documentary at documentary.com if you want these five four cd these actually four CDs for 25 bucks. You can order them at documentary.com. Make sure you, you let somebody know that we're in the building. We're live right now. So we, we'll be back after 10 minutes. Go get a beer, take a piss, come back, and we're going to be chopping it up with Cass. Once again, everybody, welcome back to Rodian Radio episode 30. We've already completed 30. September 11th actually was our first one. And uh, it doesn't feel like we've done much, but 30 of them is actually pretty good. Uh, 
For those of you that have subscribed, I want to say, first of all, thank you that's subscribing to Rodian Radio. Uh, encourage your friends or your homies or your homegirls or whatever to uh, uh, subscribe because I'm trying to hit 10K subscribers by the end of this month, by the end of February. Okay. Once again, the Rodian Mixtape documentary, I'm a firm believer in promoting yourself until it pays off. So uh, I'm promoting this right now. What we are doing, we are actually working on the translations of different languages so we can load it up to Amazon Prime and it can be seen uh, hopefully globally. Uh, just a quick reminder, all four CDs, uh, 88 Boom and Bass, 86 in the Mix, 24-7 in the High C, available on CD for 25 bucks. I'll get these out to you as soon as possible. Everything has been uh, uh, mailed out already. So if you're wondering where your CD, don't worry, you'll probably get them this week, okay? Uh, a lot of people have commented, tagged me, uh, DM'd me, inboxed me, told me that they already received them. So once again, uh, uh, well, without further ado, I don't want to waste any more time. Back to the CAS. Yep. or Kaz, right? The K-A-S. The K-A-S. Okay, now, yeah. uh, um, you went on a vacation for about seven years, yeah. okay? When you got out, uh, uh, what happened after that? Did you immediately get back into the music business, if you will, or did you take time to get yourself a, a job, get yourself together? What happened after that? Right before I got, right before I went away, I met Mr. D., Okay. On my on my own little thing through uh, Rude Boy, rest in peace from okay. Southland. Southland Entertainment. Yes. Much love and respect to Mr. D. As a matter of fact, Mr. D, uh, we're, we're going to get you back on here as soon as we finish our 50th episode. So, because we're going to bring back some of our old school right, dudes right. that we already yep. interviewed. Uh, um, it's funny how a lot of people commented and disrespected and talked shit, but they all watched. Right. That's funny, huh? That's what you know, they do. Yeah, they, they, they love to hate, which is, I guess it's cool. But, so now, you met Mr. D. You went in. Yeah. Yeah, I met Mr. D through a good friend of ours, a mutual friend, Rude Boy, rest in peace. He also did music. So, you know, he started doing his thing. I was doing mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just called me up. Hey, just rode through this studio over here yeah, uh, in the 818. I said, all right. Mm -hmm. And the first day I met D, he just was always showing love to the homies. Right, you know right. what I'm saying. So, but then after that, I I think I dropped a couple of um, features on a on uh, I don't know what albums he put them on, but mm -hmm. I did a few features with him, and uh, he put them out there though, and he made sure he kept my name out there, you okay. know, for the people that know Southland music. Okay. Uh, so you know, we kept in touch, and as uh, soon as I came home, I uh, I got a hold of him, okay. and he just got me up in the studio. Now, before you 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 went away, what artists were over there, you know, recording with him? Do you remember? Uh, with Mr. D. Yeah, wow. Uh, Just the name the, of all that are that I know of and around. I I know Conejo was did a couple of tracks with him back then. Okay. Uh, there was a dude named Sniper, Big Spider, uh, um, um, OG Trouble. Uh, I think those are the few the couple okay. that I, that I remember. So now you was, get out, you call him up, you guys start recording, if you will? Yeah. Okay. Who who was all down with him at that time still? Was it the same uh, people, new people? Nah, yeah, there was some people. It changed around. Trouble was still right there. Of course, obviously, Conejo, you know, has his own thing going on. But um, uh, there was a whole new crowd. Okay. Yeah, it was a whole new crowd. Sleepy Malo. Um, and they're, they're all there. Uh, their little circle, uh, COA, I think it was. And um, a couple other a couple other artists. But didn't really know him too well because, you know, they're all from the 818. But it was just D, but D was bringing me around with all that crowd. Mm, okay. Yeah, so he just got me in. I was kind of doing my own thing where I met up with D. I dropped some tracks with him at his pad. And in the studio, he went to and he introduced me to Crypto. 
He had me go down to a, a, a Kryptonite studio, met up with Crypto, linked up, connected pretty good. And I just started recording at Crypto Studio. I told DA, just keep me over here in this studio. Uh, so we started doing it like that and he did. So I mainly did all my music on my own. But then some of the features, you know, D just tracks that I wasn't done with. D would, you know, bring in one of his artists or someone else with the Southland and, and he would slap them on my tracks. Okay. Yeah, so that's the way that was going down. So uh, would this be your first solo album? Then? Yeah. Okay. And, and when did this drop? I think that was in uh, 2008. 2008. Who, who were the producers or the producer of that album? Uh I, I, I honestly I couldn't even tell you. We just D. I went to D. He had okay. all the beats lined up, and I just picked and pick and choose. Okay. But I know Crypto was actually the ones I actually got to work with that that did. I think he, I'm not sure if he did a couple of tracks for me on that album, but if not, it was just pick and choose from from um, D's little vault. You know, his little archive of beats. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, 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 how many tracks does that album have? I'd say 15, 16, and maybe 17. I think it, it was 17. Is that album still available now? Yeah. Okay. eBay, Amazon. Okay. Yeah, you most likely order it online. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Were you happy with that record? Uh, mm, Couldn't tell you I was, but then who's ever happy with their shit? You know what I mean? Right. You know, you all, well, for me, I always thought, you know, I hear it like, man, I wish I had, you know, more of a budget maybe, you know, more access to more resources, you know, to, right. you know, but, uh, during the time you're making it, you know, felt good. There's yeah. some, there's definitely some tracks on there though that, you know, that I still love to this day. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, now, let me ask you this. This might be kind of a off the wall question. I, I, I think I've asked it to, uh, este, como se llama este uh, my boy, little one. Okay. Little one, little one's freaking hilarious, bro. <laughs> like, we, we He's hilarious. So much love to little one. I, I would, that when I was, you know, we were trying to do it. All my boys would bump a lot of Chicano rap. Uh -huh. And I had a lot of my homies because they knew I freestyled and messed around. So before all that was happening, they would always, we would always get together. And I remember when, you know, Little Rob and all them were doing their thing. Little one was one of them that a lot of my homies liked too. Yeah, so, you know, you know I remember his music. He he emailed me some of his uh, new music. I, I thought I thought that shit was real fucking dope because I like different. So yeah. the his shit was really different. It was really good. Um, when you first heard yourself, like when you mic'd yourself up and you rapped, then they played it back. Did you like hearing yourself? Not until they overdubbed that shit. <laughs> Not until they dubbed my vocals, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's some people that are just naturally sound good on the mic right you know and then uh for me you know sometimes i get a little more energy sound a little more higher pitched uh, i didn't i never liked my vocals until i actually dubbed them okay I, I asked that because i remember back in the day you know when you uh i don't know if people remember uh what it, voicemails at home you know the 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 voice, voicemail recorder <laughs> yeah and you were like uh tony's not here but if you leave a message we'll right, get back right. to you and i would play it back and i'm like fuck i sound goofy as hell like <laughs> and I, I would tell my daughter hey say something you know but uh that i i never really thought about asking rappers that if they like the way they sound right you know i asked little one he told me no uh yeah little one no i go did you like your second album no and he could say no to all of them yeah no like, I, I saw that interview you know i was like what yeah. the hell do, do you feel that way about a lot of, about your songs like you just possibly you just did them and didn't really like them did do you have anything out there like that well when i when i oh yeah to this day yeah certain songs i wish i could redo there's some okay. songs I have on on my first album that I actually want to redo because they just I like them songs, okay. you know, and the deliveries I didn't like them or the the um, 
just the production, you know, just trying to get it in, you know, the the quality of stuff. Okay. You know, so I wouldn't mind redoing a couple of them. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, were you those type of rappers that you had to be drunk or high to, to spit? I actually, I would, I prefer being sober. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then I, I wouldn't mind just getting a little tipsy when we're doing the mixing. Right. When it's right. all done. You know, when I DJed, I never drank. Uh, I, I, I've never been a weed smoker anyways. But uh, when I mixed, I never drank. When I recorded, I never drank. But the only time that I did drink is when I was trying to create a beat. Then I would drink, right, and right. then I would start hearing shit. Yeah. You know, then I start putting it together on, on the SB1200. For writing, for writing sometimes, you know, it'll, it'll kick something off. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? As I'm right. listening to the beats and stuff, you know. But when I'm ready to record, I like to just be, you know, be straight. Okay. Okay. You know, I, I recorded uh, Be Real one time. I did a song with him, him, Sand Dog, and Mellow. Never came out. I think I played it. We uh, we did play it when Mellow was here. Uh, he was episode one, for those of you that want to hear it. And the song was called Latin Connects. So I asked B, you ready? And he said, yeah. So in the studio, you had to walk to a different room. And then we turn on the mic. We could hear him put it on the headphones. Right. And then he goes, hold up. And all you could hear is a lighter flickering. <laughs> you know, every single time, like, like, and he was like, okay, go ahead. That's the way he would do it, you know? So we would record his verse and he would be like, how did you like it? I thought, I thought it was dope. What did you think? And he could hear the lighter again. Hold on a second. Just constantly like that, bro. Like yeah. the dude had to be high, but he kicked the fucking dope ass fucking verse. Bro. I give him props for that. Yeah. Cause a lot of, a lot of artists can do it like that. Yeah. You know, me, I'm more of a, of a, of a, of a mellow guy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if I got songs that I need energy, I got to just, you know, for me, that'll already just lay me back and chill. You there, know? there was another artist that this guy was always high as fuck and he would literally take his bong into the, into the, uh, the vocal room. And I was like, dude, you gotta be fucking kidding me. But he was constantly hitting that motherfucker, bro. Like if it was energy or gasolina or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. you know. But, <laughs> okay, so that album drops. Mm -hmm. Okay, your first album, what was the name of it? Out for the Green. Okay, Out for the Green. Now, how did you come up with Kaz and why Kaz? <clears throat> uh, they call me Casper on the streets. Okay, So why? you know, uh, I, I don't even know. It's okay. just a character that they just slapped on me. Were you like a ghost for Halloween one day or something? I, I was. I just got ghosts whenever I saw those lights light up on the block. That's good. That's good. So, <laughs> dope, dope, man. You know. Yeah, um, but you know, a lot of my people they be they wouldn't call me Casper. They just call me Cass. So as time progressed, you know, I'm just like, uh, you know, it'd probably be better all the way around just to keep it a little on the mutual side. Yeah. You know. That's dope, man. So, so out with the green comes out. How, how did it do for you, man? Were you happy with the results of how it was moving? Uh, you know what? Actually, I slept on him. I slept on myself. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I, I think I took it for granted because mm -hmm. I think I feel stronger now for music than I did back then. Yeah. I think my mind was still. I was still somewhere else at the time. Right. You know, I didn't take uh, advantage of the opportunities I had. Okay, but how old were you when that album dropped? Mm, I say, twenty-eight, twenty-seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And and uh, um. Now, when did you start doing shows? Before that album dropped or after that album dropped? It was after. Okay, after. Yeah, and I, I did the shows with through Mr. D. Mr. Okay. D always showed me love, bro. Always okay. hooked me up. Cass, what's up? I got a show going on. Let's roll. Like, he just had the door open for me. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's something you don't realize how, you know, now, like you said, these days anyone could do music, right? Right. But 
it was still technology was still forming but it was still you know that them connections you needed and d always showed me love like that yeah. you know what i'm saying and then you know i i didn't see that anywhere else you know uh, um there was a thing a long time ago called myspace you remember right, that right. yeah okay I, I i met d through there and he actually came here and we had a meeting we were going to work together but nothing ever happened but uh because he lived kind of far you right, know yeah and i lived way out here so it was kind of hard to to like communicate if it wasn't for like myspace i probably would have never met him that was back in 2005 seems like like a long time you know yeah. but uh um anyways now here's another goofy question when you first took the stage were you nervous at all yeah Really? Well, you know, D took me out to Arizona on a Art LeBeau show, had mm -hmm. me busting in front of all kinds of people. So, yeah, you know, it's the first time. It's like, damn. You ever perform and forget your lyrics? Uh, I can't say I have. Really? Yeah. Wow. You know, it's funny because I've been DJing since junior high school, or now they call it middle school. But there were times where I had performed in front of 50 people, you know, 500 people. And then up to 17,000 people, whether it be the Forum or whether it be in Albuquerque or <laughs> Texas or whatever. Yeah. And But there would be times when shit would switch up. We had like a set time and they would say, hey, you know what? So-and-so didn't show up. You guys got to go on now. And then that's when you start getting like this. Yeah. And I would fucking pick up the needle and I would be like, fuck. <laughs> because I was ready to go on maybe 30 minutes from yeah, now, you yeah. know? That's about the only time that I've actually ever gotten nervous. But I'm not a rapper, you right. know? Uh, uh, somebody asked me, uh, um, hey, hey, Tone, uh, um, uh, I'm barely starting to rap. Um, what do I do when I go out there? I'm not a rapper, homie, but I will take, I did tell him this. Don't look at the people, just look out, just look straight ahead out there. <laughs> Is that what you did? Uh, you know what? I think I just slapped on some lokes. Okay. And just started rapping. You know what I'm saying? And Is that the thing. trick? For some people, I've seen some artists close their eyes and just go to town. Okay. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's whatever, whatever, you know, whatever is good for them. Uh, how was the response to your record? Like, did you hear negative and positive? Mm, yeah, always. Both. Uh, did the negativity piss you off? Yeah. Really? It does. I wasn't used to it. You know, I'm pretty sure artists that, you know, got a long time in the game and they go through those experiences, then yeah. But you're coming from a background, you know how it is on the street. People talk shit, you get hit. Right. You yeah. know, so. You know, that's why I don't read my YouTube comments. People always comment. In the very beginning, I did, but I don't read it no more because there's people that are just there on purpose just to get under your fucking skin. You know, like this one guy said, you know, you talk too fucking much. You should let your your the person you interview talk. But yet, that motherfucker is a faithful subscriber and he's there every damn week. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, this guy is just here just to get under that's my it. damn that's skin. That's his job. Man. Yeah, bro. So, but but I don't read them anymore. They ask me questions. If you you want to get at me, go to Facebook or go to to Instagram, and I'll answer your fucking questions. But don't be goofy and call yourself Nostradamus on YouTube. You know, with a picture of a truck talking shit. Right. You know, right. because uh, the majority of all shit talkers, bro, are not on Instagram or Facebook. They're on YouTube because they can hide there. Right. You know. Right, yeah. The, the, the more hard, the, the, the most hardcore gangsters are the ones, uh, you know, fucking on the computer. You know what I'm saying? You don't know who they are. They're probably eating takis and drinking Red Bulls all fucking night, and just let me talk shit. You know. So uh, I don't read comments. So if you're out there trying to ask me a question, I'm not going to read it. So anyways, uh, uh, how long was that album out before you started working on your second one? Well, it, it was a while. 
I really? said, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really push too much. I was just still featuring on D's music, you know, going with Southland and we were doing our thing. Um, and then I think it was maybe even like four years after I just decided I wanted to start doing my own, another album. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, now the reason why, like, how long would you say it was in between before you started working on your second one? Like the first one oh. dropped, but how long would you say? About four years. Really? Yeah. What the hell were you doing for those four years, man? Man, I couldn't even tell you right now. Running amok, I think. And then, you know, responsibilities kick up, right. you know, so work, life, kids, you know kids, what I mean? Yeah, so absolutely. I started doing that, but, you know, I've always had a, a knack for music. Like, I, I just can't let it go, yeah. you know, and, and uh, I just started working on some more music again. Yeah. I think it, in 2010. No, you know what? I think it was sooner than that. I think I started in 2010, but it, it, it didn't. It didn't jump off yet, and then right. I think in 2012 is when it actually, I actually uh, finished it. Okay, that yeah. was your second one. That was my second album, yeah. Okay, you know how many times I've quit this music shit, bro, and it it wasn't so much that I didn't like hip hop anymore. It was because of the shady business, bro. Uh, guys that I thought I was really close with were really ripping me off. Like, I was doing all the fucking work, but I was being ripped off. And every time I confronted them, of course, they'd soften up. Nah, bro, it's not like that, you know? <laughs> and after a while, I was just like, I'm fucking done, bro. I can't even trust these motherfuckers. Right, right. You know? And uh, I did an interview with uh, Soren Baker, whom I, I interviewed not too long ago. And he asked me, because I, I took time off from, like, I want to say 2007 to, like, 2000, almost 2017, and he said, why the long layoff? And I, I told him the truth. I said, because I fell out of love with music. I, I didn't, I didn't want to hear. Uh, uh, I started listening to rock music, oldies, and fucking classical music. I didn't really want nothing to do with rap anymore. Right. So during those 10 years, new rappers could have came out, and I possibly never heard of them. You know. So today when I interview people, I have to get reacquainted with them because I took a long layoff. You know. But like yourself, I, uh, it was kids, family, and stuff like that. Uh, um, now... The reason why I bring up why such a long layoff is because uh, I remember Quick, we dropped our albums, Second to None, AMG, High C, Quick, dropped all of our albums 1991, okay? And we all did shows together, we all did tours. But when Quick, when we were do, doing shows for the first one, he already had his second one done. Like, <laughs> that's how Quick was working. And he would let us hear his second album on cassette. And it's fuck, it, it shit was fucking amazing, bro. When he, now, there's a point why I'm saying this is because he had such a great work ethic. Um, when he started touring for his second album, he went on a tour bus and that tour bus had all his equipment in it. So he was already working on his third one. Right. You know, so when I see that type of work ethic and somebody tells me that their album came out four years later, you know, I mean, I was wonder what happened. Yeah. You know. Well, that's 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 something that goes with um. That's why sometimes people, especially in uh, on our end, a lot of people hate on each other. You know, but you can't be mad at the next man that's pushing like that. Mm -hmm. You know, because because they're working like that. You know what I'm saying? They 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 do what they got to do regardless of their life situations, uh -huh. and they find that that time to keep pushing. Right. You know, that that's where I came up. You know, with my third album called All or Nothing. That's what it relates to because, okay. you know, you, you're, you're dealing with responsibilities in life, but yet you have a dream that you once had. And it's like, you know, you can't you can't sacrifice one for the other. 
you know, because of the responsibilities you have in your life. So that that's why that terminology, that one came out like that, all okay. or nothing. And, and how soon after the second one dropped did your third Still, one? same. Same thing? Same. It was a couple years, and I just I just did it on my own. I met up with a, um, I think uh, I think D introduced me to my boy Chris Beats, okay. which is a producer out in Pasadena. You know, and, you know, um, he has his little studio at his pad, and D sent me over there one time for some beats. And I went over there, and, you know, he was more closer to my end. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was it was convenient. It was easy to work with. You know, sometimes you have a, a, a beat, maybe an old-school remake you wanted or something, and, and I would go to him for that. Mm -hmm. You know, so on my third album, we just clicked up, and we worked on it together. Okay. So that... My second and third album is really when I started working with, actually, you get to see the production. You get to, you know, those were the beats that came more uh, personalized. They were more custom for you, you know. So my, my second album, I worked with Crypto okay. in his studio. And it started off, I just went over there to, like, hey, I had an instrumental. And I was like, hey, you know what? Just record me real quick. I just got a track I want to drop. So I recorded, him, I recorded it with an instrumental. But then when I went back for it, he told me, hey, uh, I went ahead and did something for you. So he showed me one of his beats on the same vocals. You know, he took out that instrumental and that's when it just changed the game. He just hit me up like, hey, you know, we could work. You know what you want to do? We talked about it, came up with some numbers and, and I was like, yeah. Cause you know, as an artist, you want to be up in the studio. You know, you yeah. want to get that feeling. It's all a vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you're doing it like that, you feel like, man, I'm really getting somewhere. I'm really doing it, you know? Yeah. So I decided to work with him on that one. Right. And then with Chris Beats on my third album, you know, I was able to, we were able to build the beats, go through them, and, you know, I, I know where they came from. Out of those three, which one was your favorite album? Ah, that's hard to say because I got a lot of, I, I like a couple songs from each album. Okay. But um, I would say more of a, um, I think my last album, you know, I think as probably anyone else would say, is more of a, of a um, mature little more growth inside your album and your lyrics and your content because uh -huh. my first album was just you know mm -hmm. on, on a younger mentality okay so i think right now i would say the my last album you know as as a complete album would be something more i would i would try to get right. somewhere with as opposed to my last two how many albums total do you have i just have three three albums three albums Be because i've seen some of your visuals and i know uh john motherfucking elkins yeah some of them big john yeah, and uh, um, I like I really like some of your visuals. He, he, one thing I will say about John that he does brag a, a lot about you, you know, in, right. in a good way. You know what? He's got good ideas. He's got good music, and your music does sound a lot different than from a lot of the stuff that's out there right now. And that's one thing that I enjoyed about your music was that it, it is different. You know, I like it. I, I had um, one. I had one situation where you know some people tell me, "Hey, when are you gonna get more into that hardcore gangster shit?" Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that but it's like uh you know i just do you know i'm not afraid to hit a song right not it no matter how it feels to you right. you know it doesn't matter it, it has to be something i feel right you know what i'm saying if i feel it and i like it because remember i grew up to r&b too i right. used to bump key sweat and try to sing his shit. right right you know what i'm saying i can't say who i used to try to sing it to but you know what i'm saying i keep right. that on the you That's know, dope. but but you know, so I I, I love R and B. You know what I'm saying? I you know the oldie thing. We come from that background too. Right. You know the hardcore rap, the the hip hop style. You know, so you know I I, I uh, try to get that on my last album. 
you know so some people might say ah it's not hard enough for us or you know it just depends how you feel about it but for me it's like you know what i like it because it's something that i wanted to do did anybody ever place the chicano rapper label over you oh that's mandatory really? straight up from the gate okay yeah and is that a good thing you know what i i never really even worry about it I never thought, ah, oh, it's a handle. I just, it, I, I always just think to myself, if you're a good artist, it don't matter what they label you. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be hurt. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, one of your, someone mentioned something about a fire. There's a right. fire that's going to be seen. Right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? So, you know, I didn't really, I don't even, does it, I don't even think twice about it. Like, I don't never try to say I'm not trying to be. I just do what I do. You could place me where you want to place me. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm just doing the type of music I, I love to do. That's dope. Uh, um, learning the business side of music. Um, was that hard for you? Was that challenging? Uh, uh, because I remember years ago, Jerry Heller tried to explain the music business to me. And he said, there, there's show and then there's business. He said, learn the business. You already know how to do the show. But learn the business, and uh, when I learned the business, I found out that I was really being ripped off, man. Right. Like, yeah, I'm serious. From royalties to everything, and to credits that I was giving people on certain songs. Let me give you a, an example, so that if somebody's out there listening to me can learn from me on what I'm about to say. I'm probably gonna learn from you too. I produced a song that came out on the radio. I won't name it. Okay. And I had this one individual that I knew very close that I was in the studio with tell me, hey man, do you mind if you could put my name on that producer's credit as well? And I said, why? And he said this, well, just to be able to see my name, you know, on there when you, when you look at the 12 inch. And me not knowing the business, I said, all right, cool, hmm. you know, whatever, no problem. So when it came time to sign our contracts, since it said produced by, you know, Tony, blah, 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 he wrote his name too. So guess who was also collecting royalties off of those songs? Right, right, yeah, yeah. This person for years. And he knew, but I didn't know. I didn't know. And when I tried to correct it, it was already too late. It, we had signed the contract, you know, so... And let me tell you something, man. That was heartbreaking because this person knew what he was doing. Right. And and yeah. he was playing on my feelings to, you know, you're the homie. Just let, let I just want to see my name, <laughs> you know. But really what he was saying, I want to get pro yeah, producer's yeah. credit. I want to get paid. He knew what yeah. he was doing. So for years, people actually thought that this person helped me create this song that still gets played on the radio today. And, um, you know, I never got credit. So people, when people tell me, why do you always got to mention that what song you did? Because nobody ever gave me the credit. So you know what? I'm going to toot my own horn. Got it. So, you know, I'm 51 years old, bro. I'm not like 21 anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know what? If nobody ever gave me the credit, I'm going to do it. You know, for years, everybody thought that Quick produced that record, the High C album. Right everybody, right. everybody thought that for years. And I said, fuck, no, I did that shit. And I said, you can even ask Quick. He wouldn't try to take credit for something he didn't do. <laughs> but that's what people always thought. You know, but it was me. So, anyways, uh, I hope you guys learned something. You guys have any more questions, DM me or inbox me. But don't send me your music. <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> other than that, now let me ask you a question uh, that I usually ask a lot of rappers. 
Um, in a nutshell, what is Chicano rap to you? Straight up, that's just straight gangbanging music. Chicano mm -hmm. rap came from homies rapping. Right. You know, when, when, when it became easier for us to make music, mm -hmm. we started rapping. That's, that's what I would say it is. Are you a fan of Chicano rap? I have my songs I like. Okay. Yeah. I would say I'm just a fan of, of music I like, good music I could relate to. Alright. So yeah, so there's some I don't like. It might be because of where they're from or whatever I don't want to hear, but there's some that make some good ones. I'm just like, damn. You know, you gotta right. give them props. You know what I mean? Right. But I, I honestly well, the only reason why I say that because that's all who was doing it at that time. Everybody that started off doing it had had to let people know where they were from. Right. You know, and that's all it was. And then that whole phase came in, what, in 2000. I was gone, but I saw it happening. You know what I'm saying? And, and everybody wanted to lean towards that. You had people that were doing hip-hop music that were Mexican Chicano rappers, if you want to call them. And they actually got drawn to that side. You know, mm. they, they started dressing that way. Right. They started trying to latch on to a neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? So they slowly, their rhymes started turning a little more hardcore right. as opposed to when I first heard them and they were more hip hop. Right. You know, they, so that's why I say that's where it came from because everyone that I've ever heard was from a neighborhood and they boasted about right. it, you know, and that's the stories that they told. You know, there's a, everyone has a story from a neighborhood. Right. right. Even if they're from the neighborhood or not, but they, they emphasized on that. I'm from this neighborhood and this is what we do and this right. is how we do it, right. you know? So I think that's where, you know, that's where it came from. Okay. You know, it's funny because I think it's harder for us. Let me tell you why, because if we come out, let's just say if I was a rapper and I came out claiming this hood, somebody's going to pull my card, bro, and find out if I'm really from that motherfucking neighborhood, bro. Yeah, Cause that's how we are. Yeah, exactly. That's how we are. And, and, you know, th there was a meme that said, uh, it said, I went to your neighborhood and no one knows you. I had that shirt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I actually know the guy who made those shirts. Okay. Big, uh, big house clothing. Okay. Yeah. And, but that's true because I've known dudes that have claimed hoods and dudes that pulled their car. Hey, man, they don't fucking know you over there. Nobody yeah. knows you. And then, well, I never said that hood, you know, <laughs> and now they're fucking hood hopping. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. If you're gonna fucking claim it, at least just be who you are. Be though. who you'll, you are. You'll be man. straight. Be, be who, who you are. are. Rap what you rap about, but you know, don't put extras on it, and you'll be respected for yes. who you are. You, you know what it is? Is because when we start claiming the hood, well, we implement a lot of that gang shit into our music, and guess what happens? Say that for an example, just an example. I make a song and I talk about Norteños, okay, and I pretty much say, you know, blank them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Promoter books me to go up north. <laughs> you get sick all of a sudden. Yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah, you catch E. coli. You know what I'm saying? Corona. You see, that's what happens. That's what happens. So we kind of block our own blessings, bro. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was the pride. Yeah, of where you were from. They they probably weren't thinking about the bigger picture. Right. They're just thinking about letting them know where they're at. Right. You know, and that's that's what happened. Now that's the handle we have now because, yeah. of so, you know, that's the way you hear someone who's at. Oh, he's from there. Oh, I know someone from there. As soon as you run into him. Hey, yeah, your homeboy so-and-so raps. Ah, that fool ain't from my hood. Oh, is that right? You heard that? 
You know what I'm saying? And it, it goes from there. It goes from there, brother. Uh, real quick, man. Can, uh, um, once again, can, can they get your stuff like on Spotify or yeah, on, Spotify, on, all all digital platforms. Okay, you could get you could upload my music. What about hard copies? Hard copies. I got hard copies of my uh, my second and third album. Okay. Um, I just I have them. They have my IG. They could go ahead and get at me. You okay. know what I'm saying? And DM me, and I'll send them out. But you know, I you kind of mentioned about the business side uh, a little earlier. Mm-hmm. I never really got to experience the business side because those two albums I just did them myself. Okay. The last two, and then I just you know, um, um, my first album I did with D. You know what I'm saying? He helped me, got me recording and everything, but there was never no type of deal or anything. He just helped me put out albums. So that's why I never really, you know, got out there too much. Or I never signed with nobody. You know, my last album I did it all on my own with my boy Chris Beats, and I put it out on my own and just trying to get it out there. Okay. When did the last album drop? Uh, the last album dropped, I think, um, maybe last year. Okay. Anything currently you're working on? I am. Just okay. tracks. I don't have no, okay. you know, no uh, no plans for an album. Okay. You know, I just, I, I start feeling that little feeling. I go in for some beats, you know what I'm saying, okay. and go drop. Don't wait another four years, bro. Okay. I know. Sure, I, I do. I feel, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the thing that bothers me is because now I feel more for music than I done, than I have before. Right. And, you know, you know, what they say, it's a young man's sport and, yeah. you know, time is against us. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I think I just, I still got that for that music and I don't think I would stop. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, what, what artists, what artists, um, have you worked with, uh, as far Features? Did you have a lot of features on your albums? No, none. Mm-mm, not really. Uh, maybe just a couple. Maybe a singer, or uh, just like a like a local city rapper or something. And then on um, my first album, I did, but just with Southland. Um, and then I had a uh, my second album, maybe uh, I think David Ortiz, which okay. is a singer. And uh, but I don't even think I had features on my second album as far That's as good, other rappers. Know, I don't have nothing against features. But you know what I encourage people to go back to the way it was. No features, just you. Right. I mean, think about that today. Yeah. For this generation, that'll be something new. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people have so many features that it literally becomes a compilation. You know, I have 20 dudes featured on my album. That's not your damn album anymore, bro. So so how did you feel about Dre's first album, that Chronic? Well, that he dropped on the the oh, chronic, I'm about the, the, the first, original chronic yes. yeah because that sounded like a compilation to me right see but now that's what i liked about him and i'll tell you why because i never saw dre as a solo or standalone rapper i saw him more of a producer that he had this guy this guy and this guy rapping on go. him and yeah. he just did his features Right, that's right. what I saw okay so so i i don't ever expect a dre solo album like just no features yeah just him no <laughs> you, we will never hear that <laughs> no so, no but uh i would buy it only simply because you know straight. it's Trey, bro straight so, up anyways uh we're gonna give you an opportunity to give a shout outs uh anything you want people to know about you uh, you know whatever well I, I think john's been putting up your uh ig but right. uh, um if you want to give a shout out for not your opportunity man uh give a shout out to um my boy D, first of all. Okay. Uh, shout out to my boy Saint, um, uh, DJ Bobby B, Fam First Studios. I record a lot over there now. Um, uh, shit, there's too many of them. Okay. Uh, Big Al, Chris Beats, 
for doing my album, my last album, working with him, John, motherfucking Elkins, of course, Tony Yeh for giving me the opportunity. And uh, that's it, bro. Cliff you just Richie. anyone, Cliff Richie, definitely not. Let him know he owes me frogs. Yeah, if he's right. out there, go ahead and send those in. <laughs> that'll work. That'll work. Yeah. Uh, uh, when you have something new, please let us know. We'd love to bring you back, and so you can promote it here, right especially visuals. You yeah, know, because yeah. I know you're working on a lot, a lot yeah. on visuals, and I think they're pretty dope the way you come up with your ideas. But other than that, man, I want to thank you for coming. Uh, yeah. uh, it's been really been a truly honor and a pleasure. Uh, and even though it took you about an hour and a half to get here, so sorry about the LA traffic, <laughs> but good. you were raised here. That's so right. once again, uh, we're gonna take a ten minute break. We'll be back. Uh, soon call somebody text somebody as a matter of fact break a bottle with somebody's fucking head wake them up and let them know that Kiki Smooth is in the motherfucking building Compton and Wilmington in the house 10 minutes welcome back everybody to Rodian Radio episode 30 and we had just wrapped up our interview with Kaz uh, um Thought it was a, such a dope interview. I wish we would have had a little bit more time. But before we get into our next uh, uh, guest, special guest, uh, once again, these four CDs can go out to you for 25 bucks. Uh, go to the website, documentary.com, and you can place your order there. I only have a few left, first come, first serve. Uh, the documentary at documentary.com, if you have not seen it. This is actually cheaper than these right that actually this is cheaper than my shirts my shirts are about 26 28 bucks it's 24 dollars for uh unlimited streaming believe me you will not be disappointed i'll even go as far as saying that if you're disappointed i'll give you your damn money back okay 24 24.99 isn't a lot of uh, damn money but i guarantee you it is three hours of uh, west coast hip-hop education a story that you've never heard before i like to say that uh we call it the prequel to straight out of compton because this is pretty much how a lot of those artists got started including me you know so uh you can get this high c mixtape this is actually how we got our record deal through this uh cassette but we converted to a cd uh we just did an original song on a mixtape and we got signed to one of the biggest record labels in the world but you don't want to hear that Without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce Kiki Smooth all the way from the city of Compton. Compton, California is in the yeah. house, you know yes. what I'm saying? Yes, Compton, what, what is Compton, about 15 minutes away from here? Right? Yeah. Yeah. A little, you know, bump in the road. Right, a little <laughs> bump in the road. That'll yeah. work. I, I have a question, because yes, I'm sure acquiring minds want to know. Mm-hmm. When that goofy-ass song by Drake came out, Kiki, <laughs> do you love me? <laughs> Did you ever get clowned, man? Oh, my God, even my little, like, my niece, everybody, 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 some dude at work. <laughs> Uh-huh. Kiki, I'm like, man, y'all better stop that, man. Okay. I don't love y'all. <laughs> oh, right, right. Right, okay. Uh, um, now, you, you were born and raised in Compton? Is that yeah, what you yeah. You still there? Nah. Well, you know, my mom and, you know, we still got family ties there, but yeah. Right. My mom lives in Watts. Okay. Yeah, Towers. So, you know, I've, all my life. We lived in Compton, but my abuelita vivía in Watts. Okay. So my whole life I've been going to Compton and watch porque mamá se iba a bailar los viernes a, a mirar the DJ and all right. that. <laughs> and I swear to you, and she used to go see, you know, all the big DJs. So that's how I got into hip hop. But all of my life I've been in Compton and once. Really? Yeah. What, what, what part of Compton? Just all over? All, well, you know, we lived right downtown Compton. Me and Game grew up on the same block on Willow. No shit? Yeah. So okay. I've known Game for like, well, all our lives. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, um, I shared this before in other episodes. Uh, I lived there till I was about nine years old, mm. but we lived right by the small airport of a central oh, 105, yeah. right there. Yeah. And uh, that, as a matter of fact, my oldest brother, who's like in his 60s, 
every once in a while, he'd be like, this is Compton, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, that's where he was from. Yeah. You know, that was his hood, uh, 155 good. Oh, uh, yeah. Hood. Uh, but, yeah, so we lived there. And then my dad, it was funny because my dad used to bring us to Wilmington on the weekends. So when we ended up getting kicked out of our house for no fucking reason, uh, uh, we moved from Compton to Wilmington, or else I probably would have still been there. Yeah. You know? Wilmington is like my third home. Mi madrina vive acá in Wilmington. Really? Yeah. Okay. So Wilmington is like my third home. Okay. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in Wilmington, you know, okay. out here. So That's dope, Wilmington, bro. my madrina and my padrino, rest in peace. This, yeah. So, you know, I, I got to travel a lot <laughs> around the neighborhoods. That'll work. You know what I mean? uh, uh, so now, uh, uh, where, where were you raised at uh, more or less? Were you just back and forth? Or in Compton. In Compton. 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 Okay. And what elementary school did you attend? To uh, Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. Yeah, that's that's right there on. Well, it's it's kind of like how can I tell you? Right by Mona Park, where all where Coolio and them started. Uh -huh. <laughs> you feel me? Where right. Coolio and all that started. So every time we would go get free lunches at Mona Park, we would hear Coolio and all that rapping. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You feel me? So all that kind of was always to me at my elementary was really just my beginnings of hip hop. Okay. You feel me? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and then I went to Bunch that was right across the street. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, you ever hear of Laura Street School? Yeah, Laura Street. Yeah. Yeah, th that's yeah. where I went. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. you know what's funny because okay, when I went there, it was majority was blacks. Yeah. Okay, the majority. Yeah, definitely. And uh, now you go back, obviously it's different. Yeah, you know, see, like that's you know, yeah. Latinos. Exactly, bro. Yeah. And uh, uh, when I came to Broad Avenue over here, it was blacks, whites, Filipinos. <laughs> yeah, de todo. Era de todo, bro. <laughs> and, and I actually liked that better because uh, uh, everybody was like, it was like a mixing pot, if you will, or, yeah. you know, of, of people. But uh, um, yeah, I, w I went there. My brothers went to Pioneer Enterprise. Oh, okay, we went to the yeah, old yeah old Enterprise. Enterprise. I went to Bunch. Okay, I went, and I went to Compton High. Okay, Compton you know, High. I mean, I, like I remember going to Compton High and seeing Easy and BG Knockout passing through, through you know the high school. You know, what uh -huh. I, mean? I remember Quick too rolling through there. So you know, no shit. Yeah, to me that like it was just like I said, hip hop school, dog. Right, like, right. Because Compton is the Motown of yeah rap. Right. If people don't understand, you know, that's where I, I started my music career. You, you know? well, I'm glad you said that because uh, let, let's elaborate a little bit more. You said Compton is like the Motown of rap. Yeah, definitely. Which is very, very true. Uh, I I think it was episode three. I uh, interviewed High C. Okay. And he was sitting right where you're sitting at. And I told him like this on the West Coast. The best DJs, mm -hmm. I would even say the best rappers, the best pop lockers, mm -hmm. um, producers, yeah, even athletes, yep. <laughs> okay, all have come out of Compton, yes. period. Yes. You know, uh, uh, I mean, I'm not a hater. I, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I'm no, that's not true. That, you know? I'm, no, I'm glad you said that because that's the reason why I started rapping, uh -huh. why I felt like, wait, we're there too. Mm -hmm. And you need to hear the voice from, from a Latino, from yeah. Compton, a Mexicano, right. from Compton. And you got to really hear the message in between that. Right. Because that's the reason why I started rapping, brother. Right. For okay. people to know that our message is there, too. 
Right. You feel me? Yeah. That we, no, we were the ones selling it to them. Right. <laughs> you feel me? Right, right. Because my mom, I didn't gangbang. My mom was the coke lady. And she told me, si te metes en la pinche, güelo, te voy a meter una putiza, pendejo, porque yo no le voy a andar dando a estos cabrones. I'm not going to give them a discount. Right. You feel me? You want to translate that for the people? Because we don't have subtitles. No. And that was just real, dog. Right. And so, you know, I stayed neutral. Hanged out. They knew not to fuck with us. Of course. <laughs> you feel yeah, me? Of course. They knew. We, yeah. we was out there with them. Right. You feel me? I hanged out with a lot of people. But at the same time, I was doing my own thing. I had my own garage. And, you know, okay. I grew up listening to y'all. Okay. <laughs> now, 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 that's where I'm going. Growing up in Compton, obviously, you hear everything uh, as far as music is concerned. Yeah. Uh, uh, what type of music was playing was playing in your house as a kid? Oh, man. I'm, I'm talking about from New Wave. Okay. You feel me? I was a big new wave. Yeah. Too, bro. From new wave to like salsa, merengue, cumbias. You feel me? Yeah. Hip hop. Like my mom was going to Florentine Gardens. Florentine Gardens. You feel so me? Yeah. So, you know, she was out there selling in Florentine Gardens, dog. You feel me? You got to understand this is a single mother from Guerrero, Mexico, Acapulco. You know what I mean? Coming over here with a mentality like I'm going to make this happen by yeah. myself. So she would bring all this music. In into it, and you know she brought out cable and made us me watch your own TV raps and that type of stuff, and I just fell in love with hip hop. My next door neighbor, one time when I was a kid, had a DJ system and they were playing um DOC. The DOC. You feel me? Okay, now how old were you? Do you remember when that song came out? I was like what, 14, 13. Nah, hell no, I was like 10. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, and wow. um, you know um, next you know. He he did the doubles, right on the turntables. Yeah, and I was like, "Whoa, that was it! That was it!" I spent elementary break dancing, for real. I spent my junior high spray painting. Next, you know, turn it to tag banging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. Next, you know, we were into like graffiti. Right, right. Next, you know, we have to carry a strap to go even right in Compton. Yeah. You feel me? And it just got real dangerous. I lost a lot of good friends through that, but I kept the music right. going and going and going. And I, I ended up getting a, a job at, at Underworld Records with Big A in oh, Compton. Oh. You feel me? But uh, the reason why I asked you about how old were you when you heard uh, that DOC shit, I'll tell you why. Because I remember Sir Jinx, I interviewed him here, Dre's cousin. Yeah. Okay? We used to go to a place called Audio Achievements. I don't know if you know where that's located. That's an old Torrance. Torrance, yeah. Torrance and uh, I want to say um, Cabrillo Street, if I'm correct. And uh, that's where they recorded all their music. Okay? Yeah. I remember Jinx was, uh, when I met him, he was 17 years old. I, I want to say this was, he was 18 now. And we picked him up from his house in LA where Dre was living with him. And my, me and my boy Angel, much love to my boy Angel Montes, was probably watching. We get in this brand new car. You know, and um, Jinx gets in the back and he says, put this cassette in. And we put the cassette in and it was the, the doc, the, the, the uh, doc, yeah. the, the doc, the, the, you know, that shit. And I was fucking blown away. He goes, yeah, they just finished it. And I was like, what? Now, back then, we just knew the doc from the Fila Fesh crew from Texas. Yeah. Came down here, recorded that fucking album. And then when I heard, y'all ready for this? It just blew my motherfucking That's mind. Blew bro. my mind. You know, when I heard that, I was like, wow, this this is dope. This yeah. is really, really you know, dope. Now, now, think about this. Just on a side note, if that were 
if that would have never have happened to him where, you know, his vocal cords oh, yeah. were cut, okay, maybe rap would never have changed because he would have kept going because he was he was starting, his style was was undeniable, yeah. bro. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. You, you look at people like Easy. Look at people like Pac. You look at people like Biggie, and they all died one year after another, and then from their music changed. Okay, yeah. maybe music would have never changed if those that's what I never. I, I feel like hip hop needs change though. Okay, that way because then you get the raw people that really want to fight for hip hop uh -huh. comes out. Then you get the Fifty Cents and those type of people okay. that come and like save it. <laughs> okay, so sometimes you need that because okay. it gets to water and down. It gets watered down. Like right now, I feel like it's great for hip hop because people are looking for something different now. Okay, you feel me? Since you said. You're glad that it changed or you like the change, which I like change and I like different. But can you say you're happy with the state of hip hop right now? In a way, dog. I, I'm a DJ. I can't be biased to people's records. Mm -hmm. You feel me? They didn't like it when we we were playing our hip hop. They, you know, people were doing the Humpty Dance. <laughs> Come on. And then people were like, yeah, that's a badass record. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So we can't be biased to what they're doing now. Feel mm -hmm. me? I'll listen to some of the, the lyrics and I'm like, all right, that was kind of corny, but the delivery was dope. You feel me? I'm okay. not. I'm not. Exp if I want lyrics, I'll go listen to Nas or whatnot. If I want to be entertained, then I'll just listen to the radio. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? Okay. But, but I'm a DJ, so I don't. I'm a DJ before a rapper. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So I, I I look at music and listen to music way different. You feel me? And right, I'm not right. biased to music. You feel me? Yeah. I have to say that I am. Yeah. I'm going to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, no, you got, everybody has a choice. You feel me? Some people like Cadillac. Some people don't. Okay, you feel me? Name, name some artists and you t tell me if you're a fan. Yes okay. or no. Okay. Takashi 6 9 Yeah. Little Pump. Uh, Travis Scott. Yeah, his beats are cool. Okay. Uh, um, what the hell's her name? That, that plastic girl. Um, you know a lot of names, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Were you not liking them, dog? <laughs> Nicki Minaj. Yeah, uh, I think she can spit. Yeah. I, like, I think, you know, one of the females that I think can spit is her. Okay. You feel okay. me? I, I love her deliveries. The way she attacks the beats are really dope. Feel okay. me? And look out of that, something like Cardi B came out. Okay. You know what I mean? You like Cardi B? I like some of Cardi B shit. She put me on it. My girl put me up on a lot of stuff. I'm not biased to music. You feel me? The Amigos? Uh, some of them, eh, one or two. I'm like, all right, cool. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Whatever. I'll spend this at a quinceanera. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and, and, and I'm glad that you look at music like that. And I'll tell you why. Because me coming up DJing, uh, of course, I had to play New Wave. I had to play Spanish music. I had to play, you know, funk. Yeah. Uh, I had to play uh, rap. Uh, I play. I even played house. And I started getting into a little bit of the techno yeah. before it was called, what is it called, EDC now or yeah, something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, so I got to see music evolve, but I liked it. And I couldn't deny their fucking talent. Today, I just think you got a goofy-ass bastard wearing skinny jeans, mumbling shit. Doofing. You know, yeah. drunk on lean. Yeah. I just can't support that, bro. So that's why I decided to press no, I, mute. I feel you on man. this generation of music. There ain't a lot of shit that I'll listen to, though. Okay, you know what I mean? there ain't like a lot of shit. That but we like, played as DJs. Yeah, not even that. Like there ain't a lot of shit that I'll listen to, though. You know I mean? There's some dope shit out there, but not a lot of shit. Okay, you feel know I me? Mean? And like lately, I I, I kind of had to mute everything. Cause I've been working on my on my music, right? So I had to mute everything so it won't sound like nothing good that's gonna influence me at all. 
Right. You feel me? And with my with my producer, I've been really working. Every time I do a new album, I'll go get one producer. I, I learned that from you guys. Feel me? To bond with your producer yes, and, yes. and create that sauce. And yeah. that's what I've been doing. You okay. feel me? With even with when I did the mixtape with Yella, I try to keep like a lot of mixtapes, a lot of producers away and try to just stay with the ones I know. Okay. You feel me? To give them the shine. But okay. after that, I went and worked on on an album that you know just with solo producers. Okay, That's, you know something that you guys put out a lot. You mm -hmm. feel me? And people don't do that. Right. You know, like how you said, some people should be sounding like a compilation of producers too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? You're right. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is your sound? Right. What is your and who is your sound? No, you're right. You feel you're me? Right. And a lot of people don't look into that. But me, as you know, as a music lover, I definitely been doing that. Okay. With my music, you know. Now you said earlier that you were a DJ first. Yes, sir. Okay. You said, if I'm correct, your next door neighbor had two turntables. Yeah. Is that how you got introduced to DJing? Yeah. And then from there, what made you take the next step to say, I want to do that shit? Oh, my padrino's Mr. Peabody from the Latin Underground. I used to go to all the raves and all that, oh, so no all shit. the techno and all the house stuff. No shit. Yeah. Okay. See, I would have never guessed that, bro. Yeah. You feel me? So we got a raver from Compton. <laughs> Yeah, we used to go to the raves and all that. But then, you know, like, someone's the count, we started breaking into the cars and all that shit. We couldn't go no more. But, yeah. Of course. But, yeah. you know, like, yeah, DJing was always a part of my life. And um, when I saw DJ Quick and Dr. Dre rap, they're from Compton. They're my heroes. Right. You feel me? Right. What else is next for me? Feel right. me? I, I, I went on tour with Coolio. <laughs> I toured the world. Oh, you feel yeah. me? Yeah. But I, I wanted to know what was next for me. You know, okay. as my as my music, you know, okay. I, I caught myself just DJing and I wanted to do more. I make beats and all that, I produce, but I I just felt like there was something missing in my city that people weren't hearing. Yeah, you feel me? Like all you. black dudes and everything, they come to me. <laughs> they right. come into my mama house. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> and, and they're telling my story, and I should be telling that story. Dr. Dre, Game, all these people are telling my story that I should be telling my story. Yeah, right. You feel me? Yeah. And why not become the first Mexican rapper out of Compton? You it's know? Good, man. And that made me, you know, I got friends from every neighborhood because I DJ. Right, right. <laughs> you feel me? Right. So I have, so when I started putting out my music, Compton really accepted me pretty fast. And, you know, it's funny, I have a friend from 155 that, was like, hey, dog, Yella is having a sign-off in Oxnard. We should go over there. Maybe you can make him your DJ or get an autograph. You say he's like your idol. I say, make him my DJ. He's like, fool, you make Yella your DJ. Then it's on the crack. Right, right. And did you go? Yeah, I brought you a gift. Dope. This says, DJ Yella presents... Kiki, do you love? No, yeah. Kiki Smooth. Yeah. CPT mixtape. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I made, instead of dreaming it, I put a plan in motion. Right. And we drove over there and we waited in line. Yeah. <laughs> and when I got to him, I told him, you know, like, I'm just like you. That's really? dope, man. I, I have street knowledge and, yeah. you know, I, I have an attitude. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I felt like together we could do something different. Mm -hmm. And and it was crazy, dog, because his best friend, 
Shout out to my boy Kid was there and he I know him. <laughs> like I know you. You don't we grew up all with like his his son manages game. And we all grew up together. And he was like, Are you Maria's kid? And I was like, Yeah. And he told Yella, take his C D. No shit. Yeah, a week later Yella called me, said, Let's go. No shit, man, that's dope. Man. I have three of those that we still ain't brought out because Yellow's right. still touring and doing his thing. He's like, I want to make sure we do this right. Right. So, you know, that we brought out that one. And, you know, I still was like, I want to do something different. So, mm -hmm. you know, I continue making my music, you know? Okay. You know? Now, now when you say you DJ'd, uh, obviously you must have DJ'd weddings, quinceañeras, oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, my mom, my first gig, my mom got it for me. It was like a, a little bautismo. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. moms is always like, all right. A lot of times, a lot of people don't realize the fucking hard work that goes behind oh, doing that shit. I mean, bro. back in those days, though, yes. you had to carry the speakers and, and the amps. The amps was like the heavy part. Then the, the coffin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> then the records. The records was like, oh, my God. It was like, you want to take a selection with you. Yes. So, I mean, I, I, like, once I got cracking and before I got with, um with like, under underworld records and all that i was doing all the house parties for like bloods crips essence anybody that was booking me giving me yeah. at least 250 dollars at, <laughs> <least. laughs> right. at least i would even take the strap in the dj you know because it's, it's crazy yeah <laughs> but i was playing all the, the dope shit yeah. you feel me all all uh, the dope uh, shit any shit ever jump off while you're djing yeah is there a certain story that you want to share with us yeah people? yeah it, it, i don't know what neighborhood went in there but it was dumping like a motherfucker and i just shot in the air to, to close the garage to get away from my shit right, right, people right, don't right, even right. understand people are running for their lives it's my dj equipment that i'm running towards you know right, what I mean? right, right. people don't get it like this is my life and this is how i live without right. this i would die <laughs> right, so right. get away from my dj equipment dog that's all it was you know okay. but yeah just blasted. nah they went in there they was like fuck y'all I, I can't remember what neighborhood i was djing for but i was djing for a neighborhood and it was a, a essay neighborhood right and some other motherfuckers went in there and dumping 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 and i was with my two little cousins i remember pulling them into the garage because they were going hard they were really going hard dog. I, I i got a similar story but nothing jumped off thank god bro we pulled up to this party quick story and there must have been honestly like about maybe about a hundred fucking veteranos bro this dude had just gotten out for doing 20 years of what we did mm. teaching his party i didn't know until i got there you know, my boy goes, come on, man, we're DJing. I'll give you a hundred bucks. Just spend for a couple of hours. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. We pulled up. It was in Santa Ana, okay? And we set up. I just saw nothing but fucking dudes, like no ruca. So I don't know what the fuck was going on. But, but they had kegs everywhere. So everybody was the borrachada. You know what I'm saying? Sí. So I'm just sitting there like, okay, cool. So I'm playing music. All of a sudden, you see a bunch of dudes mm. just dancing. Dudes. So I didn't want to fill in the blank. So I was just like, okay, cool. I'll keep them dancing. <laughs> This one motherfucker comes up to me. He had a tank top, big ass fucking arms. He's the guy that just got out of fucking prison. His arms looked like he was carrying fucking little marranos. Like little know, pigs, yeah. And he goes, hey, homie. And I go, what's up? And he goes, play uh, uh, war or else. That's what he told me. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. What are you doing? Damn. And then, you know, back in then, it's vinyl. Yeah, it's vinyl. <laughs> Do and you I, actually have the war album? He, he, yeah, I did. I did. And, oh. I, and I go, well, well, well I, but everybody's dancing. Yeah. He goes, play war or else. And I was like, fuck, dude. So I pulled out Ward and I said, which one? I don't give a fuck. Play the album. 
That's what he said. <laughs> so I said, all right. So I got the fucking mic and I said, okay, uh, what's your name? You know, uh, I forgot his fucking name, but I played the record, turned everything down and said, uh, this goes out to so-and-so because he wants to hear this. So I announced it so everybody could look at him. And then where I, uh, it was uh, me and baby brother, that's all, oh. okay? So I bumped that motherfucker and it had just hit 10 o'clock. And they're all fucking dancing. Cops showed up. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Cops come yeah. over here. I already got paid. I said, please stay here. We're going to get our equipment. We're going to get the fuck out of here. Please. So they, they, they helped us get home. And yeah. My, I found out later on, my pen, my friend gave me $100, but he made 600 Oh, that sucks. Yeah, bro. And I got fucking killed. Damn. So, but anyway, so the, the DJ life was fucking hard back yeah, then. Yeah, hey, back then, we used to even go as hard as, like, if the party was boring, we would call the cops on it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I use your phone? Yeah. No, we would go to the payphone and call. You right. know, this is back in the days. You got to go to the payphone and just call the cops. Right, right. And they would go so, home. We getting paid. So, so for how many years would you say you have been uh, DJing now? All my life. All your life. So, yeah. about what age you start? Fifteen. Fifteen years old. Okay. Yeah. And when you started rapping, what was it? I think you mentioned DJ Quick, Doctor Dre, or whatever. Yeah. Is that what made you start? Like, fucking, let me go ahead and ver qué pasa. También mirando game, you know what I mean? Okay. One of my brothers from my street, you feel me? Uh -huh. Get that far. And when he was doing his thing, I was already touring with Coolio. Okay. So he would hit me up and all that. And Now, how did you meet Coolio? And how did you end up touring with him? And what were you doing on the tour? I was his main DJ. Um, after Fat Fatbox, I, I got in. Um, I know his nephew. Okay. And he would go to the record store all the time. And back then, I would buy Pounds of Chronic from him. Okay. You know what I mean? And right. We were just slang. And when, you know, he knew he I could DJ my ass off. I, I won a few little guitar center things and all that competitions. You feel right, me? Right. So, you know, um, one day I'm chilling in the neighborhood, sat and selling my little nickels and dimes. You right. feel me? And my brother comes in the skateboard telling me that they have a little ghost. So, you know, it's, you know, back in the house phone days. So, you know, fuck. All right. So I, I'm thinking he got a new batch of, you know, some chronic. <laughs> yeah, right. Run right. over there and I was like, what up, dog? He's like, can you be in Texas tomorrow? I see the muscle. See, wait. And I was like, for what? Nigga, I ain't trying, man, dog. What's up? Did you get some new shit? <laughs> right. He's like, nah, Coolio needs a DJ. I told him my new one. So now you gotta come. Why? He's like, dog, just they're gonna pay you 500 bucks. Oh, I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> what up? <laughs> Boom, went over there. I had never met Coolio ever in my you life. fly, you drive over yeah, No, they flew me over there. Boom, got there, met Cool. Cool was like, where you from? I'm like, Compton. Oh, I finally got somebody from Compton. I told him I grew up in his neighborhood. Right. I used to watch him rap when I was a kid. And what, what year was this? Fuck, what was that, like 2005? Okay, so this was way after, like, Gangster Paradise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic Voyage. Yeah. Shit. Okay. yeah, so that's why we were just always out of the country. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we never really even did shows out here in, in the United States. Yeah, yeah. I, it, yeah. Uh, for rappers today, I usually like to try to encourage them that don't, try not to look as you're going to make money here. It's usually out. Yeah. Outside. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we toured. We lived in, in our suitcase for months. Yeah. It, it was beautiful. I, cool. I, I learned a lot. I, to this day, I tell him, my, sh my show, the way I execute, is from being on those major stages. Right. You feel right. me? Like, we did majors. I've seen people, like, collapse to Gangsta's Paradise. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. For real. You no, know I me? believe so, it. I, I understand what it is to connect with people. You feel mm -hmm. me? Like, 
when I rap, I really try to con- my my shit is on another level because I try to connect with people, the people to see that I'm here for them too. Okay. You feel me? You gonna feel a vibe. At that time, were you rapping already? Nah, I was his hype man though. You see, I was just a DJ. I didn't, you know, that was about the most I ever been on the mic. You feel me? I never wanted to do that shit, bro. I never wanted to. I I told my homie, go ahead, talk. But you know what? I would watch the conjuntos and be like, you know, watch them fools talk. I swear to you. You know, you're sitting there eating them free mole at the quinceanera and you're watching these dudes. And I'm watching these dudes in the suits back, you know, they go hard too. So I I, I learned how to be a master of ceremony through that and, and Julio. Now, master of ceremony. See, a lot of people don't even know today, younger people. Yeah. And I started out by, I think like four years ago, I asked my youngest son. He's 20 now, but he was 16. Uh, I go, do you know what MC is? What an MC is? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no. Okay. I remember he read MC Ren, the name. Oh, yeah. And That's I go, one of the best. I go, do you know how to pronounce that? Now, think about how this younger generation <laughs> thinks. Ren? <laughs> no, he said Mac Ren. Oh, yeah, but Mick Wren was another one that yeah. I asked somebody. They didn't know, and then I said, now, do you know what MC stand for? And they, they didn't know. Yeah. But you said it, Master of Ceremony, yeah, and that's you, really... You have to be, you, you have to be. You have to know how to, you know, another one, you know how to master of mic controlling. Yeah. You feel me? People don't understand that that's an art. Right, right. It you is. feel me? It it's is. an art, dog. Like, the greatest, when they perform, that's the reason why people are paying to perform, to see them perform. Yeah. Because it, it's emotional, it, it's beautiful, it's exciting, you feel me? Right. They give you that roller coaster of what music is. People don't understand that nowadays, you feel me? Right. People, I mean, everybody can rap, everybody can rhyme, and I, I'm cool with that, but you know, what are you gonna do when it's time to really present it to people? Are you gonna go up there and hold your balls and put your hoodie on? <laughs> Uh, most people do that. You feel me? Yeah. And, you know, like, I, I tell people, like, I'm an entertainer when I'm up there. Yeah. I'm a whole different animal on them stage. Right. I, I'm, I, you know, I got all those stones in my glove. Yeah. Feel me? Right. For real. So okay. I got all those stones in my glove because when I'm in the studio, I'm a different monster. Right. Feel me? You want to get in the, with the pen, you know, I'm a different monster. And when I'm in entertaining, I'm going to touch you. Right. I'm going to make sure I touch you. If there's three people in, in my show, right. you three motherfuckers about to get entertained and feel really good. Get by your money's worth. Yeah, by the time you leave, you three motherfuckers are going to love me. You right. feel me? Right. Because I love y'all. And that's how I'm going to bring my shit to the stage every day. That's dope. You know I mean? and, and how long were you gone with, with Coolio? Yeah, I know you said Yeah, five years. Five of years. Of nonstop touring. <laughs> it, was a, it was like it, it was a blur of insane <laughs> no shit we're talking about coolio you know coolio of course, of course. You, that's from your era brother yeah you know what I, mean? I, don't, I don't like putting nobody in blast but my brother is not well it was not at that in his right mind he right, introduced right. me to some shit i'm like what the fuck no no <laughs> no right, right, right. you know what I mean? like one of my great stories is i we're doing the the u.s soul tours and you know touring for the army and entertaining them right right, right? and the government is giving us a two-day, you know, free wherever the fuck we want to go. And he asked me, he's like, we already toured the world. Where you want to go? I'm like, Amsterdam. Take me to Amsterdam. You know, back then, it's like, that's where you want to go. Right. If you yeah. smoke weed like I smoke weed, you want to go to Amsterdam back in those days. Took me to Amsterdam. He takes me to, you know, all the flamboyant spots he knows. And 
You know, they, I took some mushrooms. <laughs> I took some mushrooms, and this nigga was like, "Where did you go? Where did you see?" Oh, man? why? Why did he tell me we gotta get you some pussy? We're taking you down to the red light district. Now, if y'all ever been to a red light district, it don't look like something nice that you want to go and go get some pussy at. Right. This is like it looks like a dirty alley in Watts. <laughs> you feel know I me? Mean? You're scared. You're scared now. You know you have mushrooms are running through you. You're scared, and he tells me, but we gotta check to see if they don't have an Adams app. So right, right, to me, right. everybody was man there. Right. I swear to you, dog, we be coming out of their throat. Right. So much was like no. So I, you know, I go back to the hotel, and he tells me I, I got a gig for you. <laughs> I'm like, fool, I'm, I'm fucking flying. I'm like, you know what, man? Let's go, DJ. Right, right. I don't remember the set, but he told me that was like the baddest set I've ever did in my whole fucking life, yo. He said that I records were flying. I was having the people pumped up, and I'm like, wow, I wish I could remember that. But yeah, that is my crazy story with Coolio, yo. Coolio was wild. It was, it was, you know what? It was educational, and at the same time, it was just a crazy trip. You know? Did you ever get the pussy? Oh, nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, I ran from that shit. We were only there for two days. Then the next day, I, I fucking lived my whole life in a, in a bucket of, cause I threw up so much champagne that day. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> the next day, I was throwing up champagne the whole day, dog. Shit. Yeah. All right. All right. Hold that champagne. We'll be back in about 10 minutes. Oh, that's good. Okay. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit about how you got started as far as writing. Okay. Uh, once again, everybody. We're going to take a 10-minute break. We're going to uh, call somebody. You're going to call somebody, take somebody, pay somebody, slap somebody. <laughs> let them know that Kiki Smooth is in the building. Not yes, the sir. Drake Kiki, but Kiki Smooth from Compton. I Once again, some money. 25 bucks. Uh, uh, mixtapes. Wrote a mixtape. Documentary.com. Johnny Boy, take us away. We're back in 10 minutes. Go take a shit and come back. Once again, everybody, welcome back to Rodium Radio, episode 30. 30 you know uh we had just finished interviewing Kaz. now we're interviewing kiki smooth uh but before we get into back into his interview once again 25 bucks uh, uh for all four uh mixtapes the roadie mixtape documentary we are we are on all major platforms as a matter of fact i'm not even going to name them if you don't find us on one of the platforms let us know because they, they are all on major platforms now so uh once again um, Kiki Smooth, we were talking about you were on tour with Coolio yeah. for about five years, okay? Uh, you came back, uh, you were a DJ, you were a hype man, uh, you were into shrooms, uh, <laughs> Amsterdam, yeah. and pussy. Okay, yeah. now, uh, um, when did you start taking this serious where like, okay, I'm going to start fucking rapping? Oh, so... I was trying to make my little cousin the first Mexican rapper out of Compton. Really? Yeah. So now you weren't even thinking about you. Nah, nah. I was like, this idea in my head needs to stay in my family. Okay. <laughs> that the first Mexican rapper out of Compton has to come out. You feel right, me? right. Because it's that important. You feel me? I was I was fortunate to be able to, you know, move around and, and how can I tell you, around the map around the world and i ended up living in new zealand for some time what the hell is a mexican doing in new zealand homie i just yeah i just i wanted something different in my life okay homies were getting shot at cool was running out of gigs hmm. you feel me and running out of hair yeah yeah okay real talk and um i had the ability to just do whatever the fuck i want 
<laughs> la neta, güey. Nothing, yeah. nothing could hold me back to what I wanted to do. And I ended up in New Zealand. You feel me? And people were calling me. Like, Game just dropped an album. And he gave you a shout out in the goddamn album. <laughs> hmm. So I, I kept telling my little cousins, if Game mentioned us, dog, mentioned me, my brother, and everybody, this message that I'm trying to tell you, you have to be the first Mexican rapper out of Compton. Yeah. And he's like, fuck it. We started, you know, shouts to Brother Cam, you know what I'm saying? Right. He would, you know what I mean? He came around, helped me out, you feel me? Try to develop the homie. He, my little cousin was dope. It was stage fright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? And that's almost something at times you can't get rid of. Yeah, and, and it, it became like an anxiety for him. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Because Cam's putting this out. <laughs> yeah. And that's my brother. I love Cam. That's that's my brother, brother. For real, man. He even, you know, helped me out on a lot. And um, so he, my cousin didn't want to do it. Hmm. Shit. <laughs> right, right. What am I supposed to do? Like, fuck it. Let me try it out. Yeah, and that's all it was. Let me uh, try it let out. Let me try it out. Always was like, nigga, you whack. <laughs> but I'm showing it to like a, a, a block full of Mexicans and blacks. Right. Because right. On, on our block, like that's how we hanged out. Right. The Crips hanged out with us. You know what I mean? Right, so right. we're all kids and, you know, we're showing them, I'm showing them some shit. And they're like, nah, the homie Bluey, he whore. That's my cousin. Right. But you whack. <laughs> you were like, wasn't he more? Wasn't he more? And um, I just kept it. I just kept going, going, going. And you know, like, it got to a point where I was like, I gotta find this. So I gotta find this, dog. I gotta find this. And I, I found it. Right. I found it. Just the way I found DJing. Right. I, I locked myself in that room and found it. Who would you say, you know, let's just say maybe even before Coolio. Growing up, who were some of the rappers that you loved listening to, bro? Man. Like, just to name a few. I know it, it was a it, lot. It, nah, yeah, but it, it was insane because it'll, it'll go from both coasts. Because I, I would do the rock cams and, you know, right. you know the KRS-1s and stuff like that. But, like, easy. And, and, of course. And, and of like, course. everything that was coming out of Compton to me was infatuating. Yes. Quick just was across the bridge from Rosecrans from where I live. Right. I'm Rosecrans Santa Fe. Right. <laughs> Feel me? So right. it's like, wow, all of these things are around me. Right. You know what I mean? So that's why when I drove by Underworld Records, I knew that was like Easy's Hood and Big A and all of them. Right. You know what I mean? Because NWA is like, they're my Rolling Stones. Of course. Of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's a good way to put it, man. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, they're in the Rock Hall of Fame. Yeah. They're my Rolling Stones. Yeah. You feel me? So I grew up to that. Right. To that Compton style. So when you say who's my favorite rapper, I got to say, like, you know, Q, Ren, Dre. You feel me? Right. Easy, and from there, just. DLC. You feel me? Game is, you know, Kendrick. You feel me? I love these people that could bring these styles, you know what I mean? Eminem, right. you feel me? Right. Quick, high C, I swear to y'all, second to none, KK, what up, bro? You feel me? Right. Like, these are the things that infatuate all the West Siders go, people don't make music, like, they don't got feeling, like, they're just going in there blabbing away. And that's where I'm at, <laughs> that, that, that's the point that I was trying yeah, to make. I know, I understand it, you know, and that, and I tell that, this is one of my artists, he's a laughter in Hub City Queen, when I bring him into the studio, I, I put that in them. You feel know I me? Mean? Yeah. I, I 
You know, some people say I have that infatuation with, with like being like Pac in the studio, but I just want shit done, and I love to make songs after song after right, songs. Right. That's just me. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Well, because you've been not only around Coolio, but you were raised with good music, yeah. okay? Yeah. So think about this. The kids today that are being raised around this mumble, jumble, gibberish shit, if we don't release good music right now, you could just imagine what the next one's going to be. You know, motherfuckers are just going to be moaning or yawning. Yeah, yeah. Bits, you know? But you know, like, hip-hop has to have that without the LL Cool J and Kumo D battles. We wouldn't have the other mm -hmm. thing. You got to understand that. <laughs> to the hip, ha, the heavy. You feel me? There was still that right. before. People right. like MCs. That's why I'm telling you. That's why I love it. Because I study hip-hop. Feel me? I... I I, I just got to tell y'all, I'm really the first Mexican rapper out of Compton. It's Motown. You can't consider me Chicano rapper, nothing like that, because I'm from Compton. You got to right. understand that. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. And I represent the raza in hip-hop out of Compton. Yeah. Yeah. You feel me? So yeah. we understand that all this mumbo-jumbo that's been coming out is just setting up for people like us. To come out. That's a good way of looking at it. You yeah. feel me? Yeah. So I, I thank those. How I tell the, the, big, the homie yesterday. All those thumb downs is a big up for y'all. <laughs> it's a big up for y'all. Big thumbs up for y'all. Because all y'all thumbs down is just energy for me. Okay. You feel me? Yeah. It's just energy. Some people be like, oh, sometimes you sound like a mayate on your shit. You know, this, that. I just did a whole Spanish song. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? Right. And I got the black homies on there right. <laughs> inside that. Right. You feel me? Just to show them. Like, I'll be the first Mexican rapper out there spitting Spanish and the black people going, I don't know what the fuck you saying, cuz, but that shit is hard as fuck. Right. You feel right. me? Because I'm their next door neighbor. I'm their man. You feel me? Look, our hardest critics, let's be honest. Well, let me just say at least to me mm. and from what I've seen. Our hardest critics are our own people, bro. Are our very yeah, fucking yeah. own people. Yeah. Sad to say that they will sit there and be faithful watchers on this YouTube channel, but talk the most shit. You know, mm. there, there, there's that small percentage, yeah. okay, that will that will talk shit. But I think it's because our people love cheese man. That's why our See, novellas, yeah, well, well. you know, our novellas are such fucking great yeah. hits. Oh yeah, you yeah. know. So. So, but you know what? It is what it is, but we're not going to let that slow slow us down. Oh, we're no. going to keep moving forward. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, when people say, you know, you sound black or you sound this, you have to understand that that was the environment you grew hey, up I have, in. I have a question for you. I, I, this must be weird. It's like all my life, I thought High C was like mixed, <laughs> like black. Yeah. And they say, <laughs> yeah, everybody thought, no, he's just black. Yeah. All right. Okay. That was like your sound that you brought to him, yes, huh? Yes. That's beautiful, man. So. I want to clap to that, dog, because some Make some clap to this. You, know, you know what I mean. Some people even think YG is like Mexican. You feel me? Right. Because of his style with, with right. the the essay feel of right. Compton. Right. You feel me? And I give you that, dog. Like y'all really brought that out. You know, it's funny. I met Hashi at the Swamp Meet. Okay. Mm. I mean, he was selling uh, clothes uh, right, right by the big pantalla. You know, the mm. big uh, screen that yeah. the in Swamp Meet. He was 17 years old. He was going to still going to Centennial High School. And I, I, it was funny the way, because Steve Yano is, is the one that told me, go back there. He's back there. His name's High C, and he's the blood from Treetop Pyro. And I was like, a guy, he's the blood, and his name is C? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I thought. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, they, I think they named themselves after the juices. Yeah. You know, and I was like, 
all right. So I went back there and met him. But he re- that was really his neighborhood. I went down there. Yeah. And I remember uh, he drove to my house in a white El Camino with green leaf and gold leaf, you know, yeah. all kinds of shit, you know. But it was dope, you know. I mean, that that was the shit back then. He had big-ass fucking dookie braids. He had them thick-ass uh, corduroy pants from, yeah. the, from the Compton Indoor, you yeah. know. So so he was Compton, you know. Rest in peace, Compton Indoor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, um, and what happened was... Um, I remember I would say, say some words in Spanish. And he knew some because he grew up with Mexicans too. Yeah. So he would say, like, mi hija sees one mean compadre. Yeah, tu no yeah, me gusta, yeah. chinga tu madre. So from that shit, everybody thought he was Mexican. You know, yeah. everywhere we went, everybody thought he was Mexican. I thought he was Mexican. So, That's why I had to ask you that question. So it was funny because mm-hmm. when he was here, I said, okay, I see, let's clear it up. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to know if you're Mexican. He goes, uh, Tony, I don't know. Uh, they're just going to have to find out. <laughs> so, trying to sound all fucking mysterious and yeah. shit. You know, um, it was crazy to see you guys perform when um, we did the KD thing with Cam. I, I actually performed on that stage with Cam. Mm-hmm. And me and my girl went on the side. I was like, dude, baby, I see he's performing. And he was like, y'all guys were showing the slideshow of like all the old pictures. And it was dope to like see that combination. Right. Oh, man. It, it, it was just dope to see that the, the young, like black dude in the essay, like, because we're neighbors. Right. You feel right. me? Right. And, and, you know, like, sometimes there's like a lot of racial tension between us because of what goes on in the jails and whatnot. Right. But when you out here, Every crip or blood needs an essay, and every essay needs a crip and blood to sell it to. Right. <laughs> well, you know, back in the day, I won't mention the person, but where I used to buy my guns, brand new, out of the yeah. box, was from Compton. Yeah. I used to go out there, come back with about 25 guns, and hand them out to the homies so they could protect themselves. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean. But see, nobody here is even different than in Compton. You feel me? Uh-huh. Because in Compton, you have a hood that doesn't like. Mexicans, but they also have a hood that does like they, they do kick it with the Mexicans, right? Right, because they have to deal with the you know the situations in the streets, right? And we bring it and they you know they distribute, and that's just how it's been going for years and years and years and right, lifetime, right? So people have been telling me, like, now that you're doing Spanish music, how are you gonna do that? And that's why I put the black homies in there because I want to show people, like, well, I've been doing but most of my fans are black, right? <laughs> for right. reals. Uh-huh. Because of where I was raised at. Right. I wasn't going to the Chicano shows. I was going to the black shows to go show them that I could spit. Yeah, yeah. Well, really? I, I was the same way. DJing, that's, that's the way it was. Yeah. As far as DJing, like for high seat quick. Yeah. It was all black people. Yeah, bro. I, was, I was going into to what it is. You feel me? And that's how I really got respect in, in the in the hip-hop world. Now, let me ask you this. This is kind of a... Um, how do I say it? Uh, well, I'll just ask. Did you ever get any shit from Rasa because you hung around with a lot of blacks? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. But but you know what I tell I tell Rasa? No, pues no se agüite. Oh shit, you don't know how to speak Spanish? No, puta madre. Wait, you want me to talk like a European then? Right. right so right. that's okay. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So that's okay. <laughs> right. You feel me? Nah, I feel you. So that that's the part that that trips me out, that they get mad that I sound black sometimes. But when I talk to them in full Spanish, they can't handle a conversation with me. Right now, I go bite on these motherfuckers. You know what I mean? These they don't know. I will go bite on them. You know, right, and, right. and really show them. And that's why my music is speaking like this. Mm-hmm. You feel know I me? Mean? To show them, like, listen to me. 
we are going to be successful at what we do. Yes. If we stick together. Because they love us already. Right. You got to understand that using our lowriders, our women, and everything, our culture in it. Right. You feel me? Say that again, man. They are using our women, our lowriders, our culture, everything in their music. Yes. We have to have somebody like me come out because they love me already. Right. Why not you, right? Why not? I'm from Compton, California, the Motown of rap. That's it. That's it. I like the way you put that, man. You feel me? That'll be a dope-ass shirt, too. Think about that. <laughs> I love you, brother. Bro, no, I'm serious. I think that shit will work. Man. I just feel like us and Raza need to understand that hip-hop is where we belong. Yeah. Feel me? Uh-huh. I love everything we do as people. You know what I'm saying? And people need to understand that we have value. And our value is very, very high. We have to, we brown excellent. We brown and beautiful. Right. You feel me? The best food in the world, bro. Mm -hmm. The best. The best. The best. Yo, we, it should be like taco every day. Every <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Taco Tuesday. It should be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, come on. Pink taco. Yeah, yeah like, come on. All taco month. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, getting back to you rapping, you said, fuck it, let me go ahead and give it a shot. Mm. Okay. You locked yourself in the, up in the room. You started writing or whatever. Mm. Uh, what were you writing to at that time, bro? Do you remember? Were they just instrumentals? Was somebody coming up with beats? Okay. Like, nah, I, as a DJ, I, I know producers. Okay. I know people. I'm not just a little poo butt that's going to start rapping. Right. So, so you call somebody, hey, man, I need a beat mm -hmm. or you got anything or like, like, how did that come about? So I, I worked at Underworld Records, and that's right. where I met a lot of producers, my boy Caviar. Okay. Now, Underworld Records, for people that may not know where that's at, can you uh, let well, them know? Well, that was in Compton on Alondra Boulevard. Okay. That was owned by Big A, you know what I mean? That's Rich and Ruthless, you know? That's where I met Little Easy and everything. Okay. You know, that's all the Wright family. Okay. Yeah, so that's how I kind of hooked up with BG Knockout. BG Knockout was the first one to, you know, like, help me out. <laughs> that's dope, man. Yeah, Brother Cam, those dudes just like, yeah. You know, and, and it was it was a lot of years of not knowing what to do. Right. It was just rapping. Right, right. You know, okay. like, where, where am I taking this shit right, to? Right. You feel me? It was a lot of years of that. And drops a few shits. You feel me? Shout out to my boy Superman. Next door to Fat Beats was a dude. And it smelled like cushion. That nigga's stuck in his shit. Right, right. <laughs> and, um. We was out giving out the little CD that I had called Los Dia de los Muertos. Yeah. <laughs> I had a CD called Dia de los Muertos. And my, me and my boy, my boy Gabriel, we're in front of Fat Beats just giving them away. And, you know, it's two bald-haired Mexicans talking. What year was it? Ooh. It was like the early 2000s, like 19, like, yeah, like 2000s. Okay. And no, 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 no. It's like 2000s. 10, 2007, something like that. Okay, and 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 who uh, who produced those beats for you? I did. <laughs> oh, you just started fucking. Yeah, and, and and some instrumentals, but I I produced the majority of those on there. No shit. Yeah, I, I make beats too. I, I play the piano. I I studied y'all, man. You know, we talk about that another day. Okay. And um, we put it out. The homie was like, "Look, man, I'm about to call the cops on y'all because I got all this kush up in here." Right. But you'll, you'll drive, man. I got to respect that. 
So I'm going to help you out. If you can beat me in this chess game, I'll show you who I am. I'm going to beat the crap out of him in chess. He introduced me to a lot of people, put me out there. No shit. Yeah, he put me out there. And, um, I mean, we gave it a go and it failed. For, for uh, people that may not know what Fat Beaches is, the record store out there on Melrose. Yeah, Melrose, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a legendary. I, I, I have to point that out because oh. people that don't live here in Cali, they oh, yeah, wonder. Yeah. It's the legendary, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Babu, Rhythmatic. Like, this is this, right. this is DJ culture vinyl at its best, you know what I mean? But those times, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. We gave it a go, and it felt, and it felt really bad, and he invested a lot. You know, it was just not my time. I, I don't understand it. You know what I mean? I, I really right. thought the album was dope. You know what I'm saying? And it didn't, it, we couldn't get it off. You know, it was the bling bling era. Everything had to be, you know, long chains and the whole thing. So people weren't even giving us a go. You know what I'm saying? So it, it was worse. It's like, I didn't want to rap in Spanish. I wanted to, you know, rap the way I sound. Right, right. You know, right. and so that gave it a, a long haul, but I, I kept to it. Okay. Now, uh, would you call that, would you call that your first album? Or what, what would you, yeah. EP maybe? Uh, my first mixtape. It was my mixtape. Because, okay. I mean, it had original music, but there was a lot of um, instrumentals that, you know, I would grab from, one of my favorite rappers is 50 Cent. Okay. You know what I mean? What, what, what do you think it is about him that you say? You know, oh, I love I love his punchlines, his his whole mentality, you know what I mean, of what it is to create a song and his business. His business is flawless. You feel me? And the way he just marketed himself and put himself out. Right. And that's when I kind of was like, what am I supposed to do? So my, my boy Superman introduced me to a guy named Slim the Mobster. Okay. And he wrote all of Dr. Dre's stuff. Okay. And took me to those studios and showed me what it is to write for other people. And he told me, you could do this, Kiki, because your pen is ridiculous. So I went and wrote for Frost. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, can you say that a little bit louder? I went and wrote for Frost. So I okay. wrote a lot. That's how I met Kaz. No shit. Uh. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people don't know that he had a lot of... You know, people that write for him. Back then, I don't think we called them ghostwriters yet. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I wrote a lot of records for the OG. And the okay. OG knows what's up. You know what I mean? You know, Cam's my, my family. Okay. <laughs> he took me on a show where the OG was rapping some of my records. And I never told Cam nothing. And Cam was like, listening to the OG rapping my records. <laughs> and he's like, hey, cuz, why does it sound like you? <laughs> Wow. One of my black homies that knows me, my bro Mike, was like, because it is him. No shit. And he wow. was like, damn, smooth. I didn't know you could download that. I wow. said, yeah. But I'm going to tell you this. Thanks to the OG, I learned the business. Okay. So I, mean, I, I, I did the same thing you did. Okay. Uh, are you still good friends with him? Oh, yeah. I, 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 had, I had a bad, I had a, how can I say, a bad taste in my mouth for it. But how can I tell you? It was my fault. Okay. You feel me? Because I can't blame another man for what I didn't do. Right. You feel me? I, at first, I was like, damn, these fools took advantage of me, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, well, how dare do I go on the damn ring without gloves? You feel me? Right. And get disqualified because that's what it is. You know what I mean? If you don't know the business, right. you, you're really going to get fucked. And I was really there just to... To show people that I can really rap. 
Okay. You feel me? And I forgot about the business part, bro. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you feel me? Of course. I forgot the business part. So it, it took some years for me to just, you know, kind of calm myself down. Okay. And, and really, you know, I mean, me getting fucked out of that got me yellow. <laughs> no shit. So if Frost would have never did that, or not even that, just like, I don't, you know, I don't know. There's no money for you. You know what I mean? Right. I would have never had the 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 power or, or the mind power to just say, nah, this ain't it. Right. This, this got to be more for me. Right. Fuck it. Let's go to Oxnard. <laughs> what else could I do? Right. Well, well, let me say this, and then we'll change the subject on that one. There's a lot of people that... Uh, feel exactly the same way. Oh, I understand that. Okay, and we'll I leave understand that. I, I, I met a lot of people, and I tell them, dope. But you know, me and the OG man, I love the OG. The OG's dope. You feel me? Cool. I, I got, cool. I got a lot of respect for the OG man. So you dropped your first mixtape. Mm -hmm. How soon after that did your next record come out? Oh no, it took long. It took okay, forever. now why? It took forever because then I mean I was recording records, right? But right. I wasn't putting them out. Okay, then what were you doing? I was just recording. Like, you're not just gonna put out your shadow boxing. That's idiotic. Mm -hmm. Feel me? You gotta train. Right, right. Okay. Feel me? I get and, it. And I just was not putting out nothing. I wrote for the homie, and then I put out a song called "What's Up, My Boy," and it got it cracking. Really? Yeah. Okay, and that was your song. Yeah, that was all me. Okay, what year did that drop? That's one thing I'm starting to realize about rappers. They don't yeah. remember what their years. It's because you know why, man? I'm, uh, it's just because after that, it, it, it was just a... I'm, I'm another person that just writes a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I write a lot, big dog. <laughs> oh, I believe you. Man. You know what I mean? I, yeah. So when you're telling me what year a record came out, I would tell you right. the record, but the year I just can't right. because I'm I'm so neck on to the next. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? Because Either that or I'm just getting old, bro, because when you get old, you remember years. No, I I, <laughs> I do remember years. It's just I can, I can rap the songs for you. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Right. But it's just so much that I've been doing with writing that I'm like... Ooh, yeah, good one. <laughs> but yeah, that kind of took it off because um, I know Benny Boom, and at the time he was filming the Tupac movie. Okay. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So they put like a little Tupac kind of compilation in. But I saw one. <laughs> I ended up winning it. I ended up getting the videos, the whole thing. Really? Uh, and you know. Now, now, now you, you, um, fill us in a little bit on what do you mean by the. You ended up winning. Oh, there was a competition, okay. of like a performance competition. And I told you, I don't play around when I go to 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 any performance. Right. I'm a, I'm gonna entertain you. You're gonna get a show. Right. And that's what I did that day. I was so focused that I was like, no one's gonna understand the energy I'm gonna bring to this. And it wasn't screaming. It was just the heightness of the music of because i don't pick my sets like rap battles and what's dope about having your own dj is to look at the crowd <laughs> we're gonna play this record we're gonna do this record but you said they was gonna i don't care we're gonna switch the set right now though right. there's too many cocks in here <laughs> we're gonna give some nc shit right now all right you know right and that's how that shit happened you feel me i i'll I won. You won. Oh, uh, that's dope, man. And Glasses Malone and all them was in there, and you know that kind of busted a, a situation with Glasses Malone, and and they're doing some records with him. And shout out to Glasses Malone, another big mentor of mine. You know, always giving me great advice on 
how to push it, you know, and that was one of the reasons, you know, my message has gotten bigger is because I got to like talk to people like Brother Cam and Glasses and, you know, making me understand how important it is for my raza right. to have that out of counting. You feel me? Yeah. Because my raza deserves that. Yeah. Because when they were saying, hey, Mr. Dope Man, you think you're slick, that, that was us selling it to them, right. <laughs> not us getting it from them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I really want people to understand that, that that's my music that's going to bring that, you know? By the way, did you like the Tupac movie? Yeah. I, I mean, I love all hip-hop movies. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to get exactly what you want. This is Tupac. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not. Yeah. Did you like the... I was at the filmings of the Straight Outta Compton thing. I thought it was dopest thing. Shout out to my boy, Jason Mitchell. The guy that acted as easy. He is my best friend. That, me and this dude, we kicked it like crazy. When we watched it the day, the second day it came out, he called me. He wanted to know my opinion on how he acted as easy. Because when they brought him, they were like... They drove him through Compton. And he was like, Kiki, I can't do it like this. I need to see Compton. So me and she took him to Compton. <laughs> no shit. Hell yeah, we took him to Compton. We told people we can't take pictures and not, we'll, we'll, and we, he understood it. <laughs> okay, now for people that may not know where he's from, where is he originally from? From New Orleans. Okay. And, and he's one of us. He waited in line just like me. <laughs> you feel me? Right. I waited in line to find Yellow. He waited in line for months. And, and still got the part, dog. That's why I, I I fucks with that dude every day. And you know when he's doing all these movies and he's still liking my stuff, heading us up, man. Like it's beautiful. He doesn't forget forget us, dog. And that's I love that. That's I dope, love man. that. Yeah. You know it's funny because uh, I have a boy. Uh, big shout out to my boy DJ Toro. He DJs for Raekwon Fifty mm. Cent. He holds the show in New York called uh, This Is Fifty. And whenever I go to New York, I go and I stay with him. He he lives in Harlem. And uh, when he came down here, he I met him on MySpace, mm. you know, that old ancient mm. fucking, you know, where back in the day when dinosaurs used to roam the earth. Uh, he hit me up and he tells me, uh, hey, are you Tony A. the Wizard? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he, he was like, uh, I thought you were black. And I was like, no, I've been Mexican all my life. <laughs> he was like, no shit. He goes, I, I had your tape, 88 Boom and Bass. I got it in... Uh, 1989 Whoa. and I said no shit and he goes yeah dude and we were just chatting on MySpace and he said I would tell everybody in Harlem in New York this is the way tape mixtape should be made wow okay now again these were mixtapes on cassettes Six, okay? yeah so he said I'm flying down I DJ for a lot of guys from the Wu-Tang Clan I'll be honest I didn't fucking believe him because MySpace and mm. I thought he was pulling my fucking tail so when he lands, he hits me up and he goes, hey, uh, can I get your number? And I was like, yeah. So he calls me. He goes, hey, I got Raekwon over here. Uh, I want you to come meet him. So I said, all right, fuck it. Let's go. So I went over there, went by myself, met him, met everybody, bro. Uh, he was DJ for them at the House of Blues. So I believed that this motherfucker was real. Then he tells me he uh, 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 toured the world five times, five times, bro. And I was like, no shit. And he goes, you and a guy named DJ Red Alert. Okay, who's from Harlem yeah. as well, said, uh, are the ones that encouraged me to do what I do today. Yeah. And I'm thinking, me? Like, what the fuck? Are you serious? He goes, bro, let me tell you something. I, want, I wanted to meet a lot of people in my life, but you are one of the top three, he said, because you are the one, after hearing that mixtape, you know, it's what encouraged me to do what I do. So, anyways, he flies down. The next day, he tells me, hey, man, can you pick me up and take me to Compton? 
And now this is when the Compton Inner was was still around. Okay? Yeah. And I said, uh, uh, I think it was 2005. I don't know when they closed it down. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I go, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick you up. He said, uh, can you play like some some West Coast classics? He's want to feel it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So I, I picked him up. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, uh, I, I was one of the first guys that had a Chrysler 300 with a Hemi in it. Oh, know? okay. So I picked him up and I was bumping Mary Jane. Yeah. I was bla- so rough, so tough. Mm. You know, took in a Compton, Compton indoor. He bought a, he bought an LA hat, bought a Compton hat, bought some drawers and socks yeah, or whatever. That was the spot. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was it. That was it. I said in my song, so, I'm Mr. Compton Swami. I, I have a song called Back to My City and I say it in there. Like, yeah. that's why I say rest in peace to Compton Swami because it was like, I would go for just everything, even the arcade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the, well, you know it, the, that was a highlight because in the 80s, uh, me and my homies used to like, Get fucked up, hop in his car, go to the Compton Indoor, and just walk around and try to talk to all the Mexican hyenas. Yeah, you know they used to work the stands right there. You know, and you guys used to go to the little the corner stand in Indiana's cassettes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey dog, one time we saw y'all. It was you, Quick, and, and High C, but there was like all kinds of people around y'all. We was kids and shit. We were like, damn, y'all was like putting up the pictures. Those were my things. I always wanted one of those pictures of like as a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that no more. The glossy, the glossy. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like yeah. they don't I always wanted one of those. Like those were my things. And I used to like go to that cassette spot and buy all my stuff right there. Yeah. Like I y'all gotta understand, like, I grew up wanting to be y'all. So how you said like that dude wanted to always meet y'all, that's how I feel right now. Right. Like I always wanted to meet you. You feel me? Cause right. like I even told Yellow, like, wow. He introduced me to the Arabian Prince and I almost freaked out. <laughs> For real, so I was like, "Oh shit, it's the Arabian Prince!" Like, right, you know right. what I mean? Like, you West don't get to legends, meet these bro. people. Yeah. You don't, you know? Like, I, I have a, another question for you. Who, who was your DJ hero? Who got you into that? Okay. Long story, but one day, okay. But I'm gonna share that with you now. But what I'm doing, I'm gonna wait a couple of months, and then I, I'm gonna choose somebody to interview me. On my show, uh. because I want to, I want to share my story. Yeah. A lot of people have been asking me, so I would say this: the very first DJ that I ever saw was at VIP Records. I was maybe about thirteen years old, and I saw a guy named King Tim. That's what he used to call himself. Uh. He was the owner's brother, Calvin Anderson, and he had a brother named Cletus Anderson. But King Tim, he was cu- uh, cutting the sucker MCs by uh, Run DMC. Yeah. And I thought it was the most fucking amazing okay. thing I ever fucking yeah. saw, bro. Okay, he was the first guy that I ever saw do this. Yeah. And then I remember seeing on TV, I, I don't know what it was, but I was watching TV. Then he started talking about DJing, a phenomenon. Yeah. Then he showed Grandmaster Flash. Yeah. Okay, and he was, the way he was picking up the needle, he was moving like this, and he was turning around, doing this, and then he turned around, moved the fader, you know. Yeah, and I was on the back. Like, oh my God. I was like, like, uh, like it was just, I was just so drawn to that, okay? Yeah. Then I was about 15 years old. So it was three people uh, King Tim, Grandmaster Flash, and in walks in with a big ass afro, DJ Joe Cooley from Compton. Oh, yeah. And that dude became my mentor. Yeah, Joe Cooley's the best. Yeah. <laughs> to, to me, to Ronnie me. Ronnie and Joe Cooley, I don't know. Like, yeah. when I met them, I was like, dude. <laughs> Running on Joe Cooley. Yeah. yeah, that was bad. Joe uh, uh, became my mentor as a teenager, bro. Ah. He, he's the, the one that I credit for uh, teaching me. Yeah, you know? that's dope, man. Uh, so, uh, believe me, I've been trying to get him on here, but, you know, yeah. that's for another hey, episode. Man, I, I just want to tell y'all, thank y'all. 
for for really really making hip hop for me. Thank for you. I, I want to thank y'all for that because without y'all, I wouldn't know what my records should sound like. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Without yeah. y'all, I wouldn't know what the feelings are. Yeah, the the beats are different, but I still take that feeling. Right, right. That essence of what it is to be West Coast. Right. You feel me? Yes. And, and represent your culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, I want to tell y'all, thank y'all, because those are my guidelines. Even that, yeah, there is new beats and all that, but the essence yeah. and the message ain't going to change with me. Yeah. You feel me? And I, I promise y'all that. I'm going to give y'all that every time I put out music. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, bro. Thank you. Nah, bro, man. You know what? Arrasa needs it, bro. Now, let me ask you this, because we got to wrap this up, and mm-hmm. I wish we had more time, but I want to say this. Uh, what can people expect from you? I know you guys dropped a video yesterday. If I'm yeah, correct. it was all in Spanish. Yeah, all in Spanish, and it was with La, La Sinfonia, Sinfonia, you know, Grammy nominated. <laughs> okay, and uh, wh- where can people see that, bro? Can oh, that, it's on, on Latin Beast. You know what I mean? Okay. It's on YouTube. Just look up Kiki Smooth. You know what I mean? Shot, it, bro? It's yeah, I'll take another shot. It was it's my it's my newest um, compilation with West Coast Creations. It's the three by three. Uh-huh. You feel me? Produced by Be Ready. That video was shot by Guap. You know, okay. the next, I got another song coming out called La, La Creación del Oeste, Los Ori- Originales. Uh-huh. That's featuring Bobby Castro, and that's shot by Extract Films, uh-huh. my boy OG Malablado. You know what I mean? Johnny and Dopey from West Coast Creations, those are my brothers. Okay. To find Johnny, a person from Compton that doesn't rap and wants to put out records, I got to help that man. Mm-hmm. Feel me? Bring out the right contact of what it is for our people. Okay. You feel me? So I told him, I want to do something different. I want to bring out some Spanish music. And he was like, say, what? <laughs> but you you can get whoever you want on these records. But right, I'm like, right, yeah, right. but I want to do some Spanish music. What, what, what made you switch over to do some? Well, I know you've always done it. Not, not, you know what? Spanish music it, it, is, is something that's brought out on me by um, my boy Man Hablado. And um, he had this vision that the first Mexican out of, out of Compton should rap on both languages. So one day we bring out that double compilation like mm-hmm. that. And um, when I started rapping it, I noticed this, that now everyone listens to me. Not just now when I rapped in English, it was just my niggas and whoever li- could understand Spanish. I mean, yeah. English, but yeah. in Spanish, my tia, my abuelita, your tia, everybody listens to me. And I don't just have like, gangster music because you asked me this question what type of music was like played in your house so I have like cumbia music I have everything in Spanish because right. there's no boundaries for me in Spanish right. you feel me there is no oh you should rap this way why right. <laughs> you feel me I already proved I'm an NC <laughs> forget it y'all ain't got bars so y'all ain't gonna tell me what it is <laughs> feel me so I'm free in the Spanish and that's why I'm loving it well you know the Mexican slash Chicano mm-hmm. Fans, like Mr. D said, if there's anything I agree with him, it's on this. Uh, we have the most faithful fans in the world. Yeah, bro. we do. Okay, we have the best fans mm-hmm. in the world. And I want to give it up to them for uh, loving and supporting us. You know, I know we have that one little small element that likes to talk shit and likes to hate on us. I understand that. Cool, whatever. You're going to do your job, whatever. But you know what? I want to say, bro, that I wish you the best. Okay. Keep going, keep going forward. Thank if you, there's brother. anything that I can do, uh, even if just see that—that's why this platform was created to give people like me 
and people like you a voice. Mm. And I'm thankful that we got people listening. Thank you. You man. know. So if there's anything that I could ever do to help you, please reach out because that's what I'm here. You know what? Years ago, I heard this. Practice what you preach. Mm. I want to flip it and say this. Okay. Only preach what you practice. practice. Ooh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. And I am practicing what I preach, bro. So I want to help especially our people yeah you know to have a voice because let me tell you something i want you to do that for the next man which you, which you are doing now yeah you know and then he'll pass it on to the next yes, generation sir. and now we have a lane now we have an avenue mm. so that our people can be heard bro yeah. because it, it is time for us to know 2020 who we are bro Look, they gave me this chain because little easy said you know how hard it is to keep my daddy's legacy alive it goes Rasa kept my dad, daddy's legacy alive. You deserve this chain, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Feel me? And I'm not... I'm part of the right family. Yeah. This is not a chain that I wear. This is a last name that I wear. Right. This, this is this is the godfather of gangster rap. Feel right. me? And right. I swear to you, he be looking down like the Mexican is doing it. Dude. Let me tell you something. Easy loved Mexican people. Bro. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah, he did. Uh, there's a mixtape here. Uh, I'm going to say 88 Bowman Bass. He came to my house here in Wilmington and he wrote an eight bar rap. He said, Get busy with Easy and Tony A on the 12 technique. See, it's a steal. It's Steve Epimonum. Dope ass shit by the Wizard at the Rhodium. Yo, <laughs> fuck it up, Tony. And you know what? It's funny because a lot of people said, even Dre, because I know when you when you work with Dre, you got to bring your A game. Yeah. Easy E came to my house and wrote that motherfucking rap, and I was like, what the fuck was Dre talking about? This guy can rap. Yeah. You know? But I know Dre likes to punch. He likes perfection. perfection. I'm cool with that. Yeah. This was just a mixtape done in 1988. Yeah. And um, uh, actually, the, the mixtape starts with, with him, you know? There was a, a time, bro, where we would say, Anything that Easy E rap songs gonna go gold. Oh, yeah. Anything, yeah. bro. You Anything. know, and and I tell this at at the end of all my shows. You know, I represent the legacy of Eric Easy Wright. You know, what I'm saying rich and ruthless, and I'm so proud to say that. Yeah. You feel me? Because I'm born and raised in Compton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you understand that? Mm -hmm. And to me, like BG Knockout and all those are my heroes to be a part of that. And then they tell me, "You found your lane, Kiki." Let Kiki doing his thing, and I love that hearing it from them. Yeah, little E, all them fools call me like Kiki. You yeah. killing them right now. Everybody calling us. What's up with the Mexican? Oh, nah, it's true. Some yeah. people even asking me, is he really from Rich and Ruthless? <laughs> like, yeah. dude, those are my brothers and sisters, for real. Right. All the right kids are my my brothers and sisters, okay. and you know, I, I want to give a big shout outs to the Rich and Ruthless family, for reals, man. Yeah. You know, baby, easy. You know, what I mean, Erica, Eric, and Derek, man. Dude, those are just my brothers and sisters, man. They yeah. they really love me. They love me to the next level, and Dope. you know, we always come with open hands, and they always receive us. So you know, it's a beautiful thing, and Rasa needs to understand that that we finally have the first Mexican rapper out of Compton. Dope. You know what I'm saying? Dope. And people need to respect that to Dope. another level, for real. Uh, before we say goodbye, bro, any any more shout-outs you oh, want to give? Oh, definitely. West Coast Creations, Beat Ready, Johnny, you know what I'm saying? My squad, my beautiful woman. If y'all ever come to to rappers out there that come and don't applaud their women, you don't have a strong backbone. My woman is green eyes. She always with me. She's a laughter. Hub City Queen, you know what I'm saying? Savage Nugs, Chris, Rob, what up, y'all? You know what I'm saying? All my films are being filmed by Extract Films. 
Y'all check that out. We've been coming up with these visuals that, you know, we feel the music needs. Okay. You feel me? And um, okay. the storylines are going to get crazier and bigger. You feel me? We have a lot of different records coming out. My next single is called Al Cien. And then I have another single coming out with West Coast Creation called La Creación del Oeste featuring Bobby Castro from Rancho y Barrio. You know what I'm saying? Hip Hop Stand Up, East Los, West Los, Compton, Linwood, Paramount, Long Beach, wherever you from, South Woman Central, Wilmington. Oh, I can't forget about the Bay. You know you know what I'm saying? And I love y'all. Rasa, fuck with me. Instagram, Facebook, whatever. DM me features, features, whatever, dog. It's about making it with each other. You yeah. feel me? Numbers, numbers. Feel me? And together we deep. Dope, dope. Last question. Yes, sir. Okay. How did you get Kiki Smooth? Oh, me llamo Enrique Vázquez. Y mi madre me estaba haciendo todo mi pinche vida. Kike, este pa' acá, hijo de tu chingada madre. And you know. <laughs> Kiki, do you love me? I love you, Tony. Hey, you the shit, brother. All good, brother. All good. Okay, so now I'm going to get my shout outs. Number one, first of all, we broke motherfucking record. They should have went from seven to nine. It's seven, uh, actually, 948. Hey! Shit. Hell yeah, we broke a record. Uh, once again, let me take my boy, John motherfucking Elkins. John. Again. This shit would not be fucking possible. You got to be looking out. His, the backbone. Uh, yeah, his uh, lotion will be coming out. Um, his movie will be coming out. He got out. a lotion? Uh, his biography will be coming wow. out. Uh, and for you women, G-Strings will be coming out. Wow, soon. all up in uh, you. Yeah, John mm -hmm. motherfucking Elkins will be coming out soon. My boy, DG, DJ Media Clips. My boy, yeah. Alex Alex Cervantes. You guys need a car fixed. Uh, hit up my boy, Alex Cervantes, on IG. He, th this motherfucker is dope, okay? Uh, Cervantes Enterprise. I'm speaking it into existence, mm. okay? Other than that, I'd like to thank me, okay? And I'd like to thank my boy, Hoser. My boy Hoser for blessing me with his shirt. This dude drove up to my gym today in the city of Carson and uh, uh, um, blessed me with this shirt. So I got to give Woman it up. Woman 10? Yeah, Woman 10. Uh, my boy Hoser, much love and respect to him. Other than that, my, my son, uh, Beast Scandalous, for helping me promote this. And uh, let me make a special announcement that Sunday, Sunday, most of you guys might be happy. Most of you guys might be sad. But I got a former dark room Familia artist mm. named, and I'll leave it on name, but he was an ex Norteño rapper. Okay. So, I gotta give a quick shout out before. Yes, I, sir. I, I wanna shout out La Sinfonia, Arsenal, and, and Six, because without them, I wouldn't be in this position right now, because they helped me write a lot of records. Right. You feel me? Arsenal is my brother, OG Man Hablado, and Six. These are the dudes that helped me create these Spanish records. You right. feel me? So I, right. I almost forgot my brothers. Arsenal, love you, bro. Six, you know, La Sinfonia is coming out with the deepest Spanish rap. Espanol and hip hop is coming back. And I want y'all to understand that because Aquit and all these dudes are what we started off of. You yeah. feel me? Yeah. And we got to respect these dudes. Yes. You feel me? They're the juggernauts of this game. And without them, we wouldn't have Spanish rap. We right. wouldn't have our dialect. You feel me? We yeah. want to have our tongue out there. So we got to respect these type of rappers out there. Dope. You feel me? So shout out to La Sinfonia, Aquit, you know what I'm saying? Sporty Loco, Conejo, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All these beautiful artists that are putting out great music for our raza, our Latinos out there. You feel yeah, me? Because yeah. Spanish hip hop is important in LA. And y'all got to, everybody out there has to go support that. Right now, everybody that's on this should go check out my new video featuring 
Grammy nominated La Sinfonia. It's called Amigos. You feel me? Produced by Be Ready, West Coast Creations, Rich and Ruthless. Johnny, what up, perro? Dopey, what up, perro? And shout out to all my co workers, Ozzy, that's my boss. You know what I'm saying? Because we still working. Hey. That's dope. That's dope. Thank God I don't have to work. I wake up every morning. Yeah. Anytime I want, I go to the down the street diner. I eat breakfast, drink coffee. I wake up and I'll be wanting to do self. something. <laughs> so, once again, everybody, Sunday, I'm going to have uh, a much anticipated uh, interview coming Sunday. Tune in. One of the most popular slash famous ex-Norteño rappers coming through Rodian Radio in the city of Wilmington. God bless you guys. Have a blessed night. Take us Love away. Love you guys. Boy.